It's 8.01 on Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023, and OU still sucks. What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK Live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Yes, it is Tuesday. Yes, it is October 3rd, and we are just four days away from the Red River Shootout, Texas and Oklahoma the matchup of the two top teams in the Big 12, the two undefeated teams remaining in the Big 12. We are getting you set for the biggest game of the year. Plus, plenty of other football to talk about. A Danny disaster in East Rutherford last night. We'll talk about that. We'll give some more thoughts from the football weekend. And also the MLB postseason gets going today. The Texas Rangers taking on the Tampa Bay Rays in the first of a quadruple headers worth of games across Major League Baseball this afternoon into the evening. It is a jam-packed sports week. It is the best time of the sports year. The month of October is officially upon us, and it is a beautiful thing. Good morning, Buck. Good morning, BK. How are you doing this morning, my friend? Oh, man, I am fantastic. There is no better time of the year to be a sports fan. There, you're no doubt about it. Major League Baseball, you know, for some, the beginning of the NHL season will start. You know, we've got college football. We've got college. Um, I mean, we're about to do a little bit of everything. We're not we're not that far away from college basketball either when you start thinking about it or, or the NBA. A lot of, lot, of, lot of clubs in the NBA getting ready to go to camp and get themselves going, you know, their, their load management. Speaking of load management, I'm starting to feel that pain here. Maybe next week, a little load management. I will be playing golf today. I will be at Horseshoe Bay. There you Ram go. Rock, Ramrock. Because after what happened to us, the disaster that was the Ryder Cup, I may be called upon, you know, because I'm better than Xander Shoffley. You know what I'm saying? I'm better than that dude, Justin Thomas. Hell, I'm damn near better than Jordan Spieth right now. The way those cats played last week, they were awful. Well, the question is, would you wear a hat if you played for Team USA? Of course I would. I'd be wearing my Travis Matthew hat, of course. I'd be wow. working on the Travis Matthew outfit, as a matter of fact, for what USA, mess. Team USA. Yeah, we didn't talk too much about that yesterday because there was just so much to get into oh, in that was regards Matthew. to football. But, yeah, I mean, that, that Ryder Cup felt over from the jump, right? I mean, Team Europe swept the foursomes. They jumped out to that 4-0 lead, and I guess the U.S. made it relatively respectable, right? They were close to even the rest of the way, but they were playing catch-up from pretty much uh, the opening shot on Friday morning, and they got punked again in European soil. What was the big surprise? They never win there. I mean – I tried to I tell mean, you. It's crazy. Everybody's going, oh, they just got slaughtered. And I'm like, they always get slaughtered. They always get beat up there. Yeah, they haven't won over there since 1993. I was born in 1994. I've never seen Team USA win a Ryder Cup overseas, and it still hasn't happened. So, yeah, that was rough. I don't think they're going to be calling you anytime soon, though, man. Why I, I, not? Why well, not none of, me? none of those guys were shooting in the 90s. Uh, they, they weren't shooting in the 60s, but I don't think any of them made it uh, all the way up to where you are. They need my leadership ability. I mean, Zach Johnson running around his little golf cart. Somebody needs to come out there and club one of them in the shin. Let's go. <laughs> what, to get him going, going a little bit? Just Yeah, let's go, you guys. Let's go. Come on now. That's uh, not representing. Letting no. Rory McIlroy, he wants to fight you in the parking lot. Guy's five foot seven. Knock him out. Yeah, who was come he on. going after? Was he going after Zach? 
He's going out to Bones. That guy's mm. not going to bother anybody. That was weird. Yeah, that was weird. Hey, you know the dude who played? Your live guy. Kepka played pretty good, though. Come on. Get team his, live. Yeah, team live. He was playing. Yeah. He played pretty well. Hey, Let me that's... say good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so much for what you do. It is appreciated. Please be careful out there. And, yes, I have I have been off on my rain prediction. I don't see it coming now until probably Wednesday night now. Yes, I mm. was off. So now I'm only shooting probably around, oh, maybe 92% or so. What? Yes. 92%? Yeah. No, you, 92% you shoot, I know you shoot 92 on the golf course, but you're not <laughs> 92% on your weather forecast, dude. Rain is a coming, and my back is feeling it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, rain is coming over the next couple of days, and it's supposed to cool down a lot all across the state of Texas. And, man, if you take a look at the weather forecast for Dallas this weekend, as of right now, according to my very reliable wow weather app, the high on Saturday is 70, Buck, 7-0. And the low on Saturday is 55 we're going to yeah. be doing pregame from the fairgrounds early Saturday morning. We might be dealing with high 50s, low 60s this week. Yeah, weekend. hoodies coming out. Man, jacket on in public. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Always tell you, that road trip up there, you just never know what to expect. Always bring a jacket with you. Don't yeah. go up to Dallas for this game without a jacket or a hoodie. I'll be wearing my hoodie will be with me. Yeah, I do not like to be cold outside doing shows. That is awful. Man, yeah, you wear a hoodie when it's like 95 degrees oh, outside. Yeah. I can't well, quite, people like to keep warm, yeah. Yeah, I can't quite figure that one out. And, hey, if you're sticking back in Austin, the high here on Saturday is 73. So it's not much warmer here in the 512 than it will be up there in the Metroplex this weekend. So some cool fall weather finally coming our way here Great. in the month of October, and that uh, is awesome for so many different reasons. All right, Buck, before you really dive into Texas OU, I'd love to get your thoughts on Monday night football last night. The Seattle Seahawks going into New York, New Jersey, and just laying the law down on the New York Giants. 24-3, to the final score. It was a long night for Daniel Jones, who was sacked 10 times in the loss for the Giants. Quandre Diggs, the lifetime Longhorn, had an inter interception. Devin Witherspoon, the first-round pick out of Illinois, had a pick six. Uh, Geno Smith did get hurt in the game for the Seahawks. That was sort of the one blemish for them, but just an absolute beatdown for Seattle, and it could not have gone worse for Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. Yeah, I mean, he got that big contract, but that guy can't do it by himself. If they can't run the ball, he has no chance because he can't run it. He can't – I mean, he can't escape what's going on with that offensive line right now. If Seattle can get you 10 times, this the rest of the league is going to get you probably minimum about seven. So it's going to be a long season for the, the New York Giants. I'm glad he got his cash, though. That money can't help. That money can't help your offensive line if you're getting all that cash. And when your star running back who wanted a bunch of money, who's always hurt, is still sidelined with an ankle, that, that's not just going to go well for them. They're 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 not very good, period. No, Daniel Jones is just not that good. And I know last year. He looked pretty impressive, and he had far and away his best years as an NFL sure. quarterback, and people were thinking, oh, well, now year two with Brian Dayball, he's only going to get better from here. But, you know, the coaches on the other sideline and the players on the other sideline, they watch film. 
They realized what Daniel Jones was able to do well last year. They realized what the Giants were able to do well last year, and they made adjustments. And now the Giants are getting exposed, and Daniel Jones is getting exposed for the quarterback that he is. Yes, and there's the no good doubt. News for the, the good news for the Giants is, yes, it was a four-year deal that they gave Danny Dimes this offseason, but only a couple of those years are guaranteed. So they're not pot committed to that guy for the next four seasons. They will be able to get out of that contract a little bit earlier than that, but – you know, obviously, the way, they, with the direction that they're going right now, they may be in, in, in tune for one of these top five quarterbacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're one and three right now. And boy, they've played two home games, right? The season opener against the Cowboys on Sunday night football, yes. where Dallas came in there and just blasted them 40 to nothing. And then obviously, last night, another prime time. Hey, can we stop putting the Giants in prime time, please? Yeah, no, they're not good. They are not good. I know it's the New York market, but please, like I've said this about the Bears-Packers game. Like uh, They put that game in primetime every year, and it's like the Packers beat the Bears by 30. We don't need to watch this. We do not need to watch Daniel Jones get sacked 42 times in primetime four <laughs> times a year. Please. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, everyone has seen the Giants just get punked twice on national TV in their home stadium. Uh, it's it's bad. Their only win was against the Cardinals, and they were down twenty eight to seven yeah, they had in to make that a game. Miraculous comeback! Yeah, I, the kid Weatherspoon was good last night. Man, he was making some hits, making some really solid tackles for for a kind of tall, skinny dude. Boy, he lays the lumber when he hits. I'm really oh. surprised that he hits like that. Yeah, first player in Seahawks history to have a pair of sacks and a pick six in the same game. Like he was all over the field last night and yeah that guy does not look like a rookie at all in seattle man seattle's doing something that's hard to do you know joe and troy were talking about this on the broadcast last night they they were kind of in between this offseason and really last offseason too it was like some of the decisions they were making looked like they were starting a rebuild and some of the decisions they were making looked like they wanted to contend and usually that is a recipe for disaster right like you can't be half pregnant pick one or the other you either try to be really good and compete for super bowls or you blow the whole thing up and just try to start over so you get back to contention within a couple of years and they kind of did both right like some of the moves they made were win now moves some of them were rebuilding moves and they made the playoffs last year uh they're three and one right now this year and I don't think they're one of the best teams in the NFC, but I'd be surprised at this point if they don't make it back to the postseason. It's pretty impressive what uh, what Pete Carroll was able to do, kind of a retooling more than a rebuild. Well, what Pete Carroll does is he he knows how to coach defense, and he finds a way to – I mean, even when they're they're kind of outgunned, that he, he understands defense enough that if he can get a couple of the right guys back I – mean, I mean, he brought in his linebacker, the old dude back. I mean, and, I mean that's made a big difference in – and what's going on in that uh, in that that front seven for them right now? They're not bad in the front seven. And now that I saw this cornerback and, and Diggs is still playing for him, right? Yeah. So I mean, this is this is a pretty decent team. I don't know what kind of firepower they have offensively. They still got that old man out there running wide receiver. You know, the guy as old as I am, one of the Lockett kids, or the old Lockett you are the Lockett dad is out there running around the ball head dude. So he's still playing, and he's still playing pretty well. I mean, that was that was nice to see. And Fant fits in pretty well with them right now, too. It was not was Fant with them before and then went away and came back again. Well, he was a part of the he was a part of the Russell Wilson trade. Okay, everybody that played last night was a part of the Russell Wilson trade, which was kind of cool. Everybody that did something good on one side, you know, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Feels like the Seahawks won that trade for sure. And how about this comment from CB? The Jets and the Giants. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were saying they're both in a they play each other in a prime time slot. That would have been no, they're both sucking and they keep getting these prime time slots, is right. Yeah, yeah. Stop that, it. At least the Jets showed up against the Chiefs on Sunday night, right? I didn't think they would, but they made that a game and they nearly upset the Chiefs. But, uh, yeah, last night the Giants were no-shows, especially in the second half against the Seahawks. So, uh, yeah, shout-out to everybody who thought the Giants would be better than the Cowboys this year. Yeah, a of, really. A lot of people hiding from that take. They're going Homer Simpson back into the bushes now. No one is admitting <laughs> to having that take in the offseason. But there were a lot of folks who were like, no, the Giants are the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC East. Uh, now the Giants are behind the Commanders and dead last in the NFC East. They suck. All right. And I think that's where they'll finish too. Yeah, I mean they they might catch Washington just because. No. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, both Sam Howell will have bad. success against that defense. Yeah, well, dude, you and I could get through that offensive line right now. It's turnstiles wow. up front for the G men. It's a joke. All right, Texas OU, four days away from the Red River Shootout at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. We will be there. We will be broadcasting live from Harwood Tavern. On Friday afternoon from 2 to 5, the Red River Roundtable for Texas Sports Unfiltered. The Buck will be there. Trey will be there. Chip will be there. Mike Harge will be there. I will be there. Hopefully, you will be there as well. Once again, 2 to 5 at Harwood Tavern in downtown Dallas. We'll tweet and post on social media. You don't have to remember that right now. And then, of course, Saturday morning, we'll be broadcasting live from the fairgrounds at Old Mill Inn right by Big Tex. On your way to the stadium, stop by, say hello. We will be there starting at 8 o'clock this Saturday, getting you set for Texas and OU. Yes, a pregame show. What a concept. A Texas Longhorn pregame show. Really? Why? We're going to do it. I, on their final year of the Big 12, there are, there are people actually having pregame shows. There are some having pregame shows, you mean? We do. Wow. A lot of people don't. I don't quite understand that bit, but hey. Better for us. More people tuning in to absolutely as you. Let's hear from Sark, who met with the media yesterday. Here is uh, the end. Well, he gave like a four-minute opening statement. We're not playing all of that. Here's the last 80 to 90 seconds of Sark talking about Oklahoma and, of course, this matchup coming up this weekend. Two undefeated teams, two top 25 teams. Um, you know, the, the spotlight of college football will be on us. Um, I think that uh, the beauty for us, this will be our third top 25 matchup now uh, in six games. Uh, and every team we've played has got a winning record and is doing good things. So I think that we've been exposed um, to some high-level football now through five weeks um, and, and naturally we understand uh, the emotions that will come with this game and different things um, I think it's critical for us that we have a great week of preparation uh, that we take it one day at a time uh, and then we go with the mindset to, to execute on Saturday um, and you know emotions will run naturally as they do in games like this you know the key to the drills that, that we execute at a high high level so great deal of respect for, for uh, OU Coach Venables has done a tremendous job going into year two. Um, you know, the quarterback, Gabriel's playing at a very high level. They've got an explosive unit. 
Uh, he distributes the ball beautifully, um, whether it's RPOs, advantage throws, shot plays, uh, things of that nature. So, uh, and then defensively, you know, they have an influx of transfers. I think they have nine transfers on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of which are on the front. Um, so I think they've, they've naturally upgraded there. And, and Coach Venables, you know, he's been doing it a long time. He's one of the best in the business uh, at game planning and getting his defenses ready to play. So we know uh, it's going to be a great challenge. <clears throat> We're looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing our fans in, in Dallas. Uh, for, in my opinion, the best setting in college football. This is going to be an awesome environment, and we're very fortunate and humbled to, uh, to be part of the game. Yeah, this team has been in, in, in big games already so far this season. This is just, just, just another big game for them. Take that offense and defense on the road. Do everything you can. Don't let, don't let the atmosphere get you. Don't let it overwhelm you. There, there shouldn't be. There, there are kids that have now played in this game a couple of years now. This isn't new to a lot of those guys. This is this is old hat. So you go in there with your emotions, let your emotions kind of run a little bit in that first couple series, and then get right down to business. Don't make the mistakes. Don't give them opportunities. Take it away. Knock the shit out of Dylan Gabriel. Make sure that guy pays the price for all his jawing that he's going to do. Now, legally, you know what I'm saying? Let's not get 15-yard penalties. Let's not get too over-exuberant of what's going to happen because that first couple series, when that guy gets up, you make a tackle and he's standing in your face. Be careful of what you do, what you say. Who knows what the officials are going to be like? They, 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 one or the other, they want to get. They don't really, I, I don't know if they care. It's probably most likely they'd rather get Texas than Oklahoma. But be careful of your emotions in this game because emotions do run high. There are a lot of late hits. There are a lot of, there are a lot, as I said, they're played to the, you know, the echo of the whistle. So you got to be careful. You're not that last guy to get caught with that last shove. You know, don't cost your team in this game. Yeah. Go, go be a mature team like you are, the number three team in the nation, and take care of your business over a team that, that is pretty good. It's a good team. They're playing well right now. But you can take advantage of their defense. You can ball control them. You can make them suffer like you've made these other teams suffer in the third and fourth quarter when, you're, when your uh, conditioning comes into play. Get ready to do the same on Saturday. Make a couple big plays, but don't get wound up in the emotions that you, call, you cost your team. And that can happen in this football game. Absolutely. Shout out to CB512 for the $2 super chat here nice. early on a Tuesday morning. Thank you very much. And yes, it is now 819, but that doesn't change the fact that OU still sucks. And you're right. This is an experienced bunch. And Sark talked about that yesterday, right? You think about the game two years ago, Sark's first year here in Austin. The Longhorns had that 21-point second-half lead right. and coughed it up in one of the most painful Texas OU losses for Longhorn fans ever well they bounced back last year and put on one of the most rousing defeats in the history of the red river shootout shutting out oklahoma 49 to nothing here's sark talking a little bit about the importance of the experience that he has and also a lot of the guys in that texas locker room have from those last couple of games i think it's huge you know you got to remember i have a bunch of guys in that locker room that were that were uh, on the sideline when, when, we, when we lost a 20-something point lead two years ago, right, in a, in a very tough loss. And then a bunch of guys in that locker room that won a big game last year. So they felt the lowest of the lows in this game. They felt the highest of the highs, right? And, and so I think they understand the value of, of you know, 
keeping our composure, keeping our poise, play the next play, play four quarters of football because that's what this game requires. Uh, this game is not about what happens in the first quarter. It's going to be about how we play for four quarters and the consistency in which we do it. And I think our veteran leadership understands that. These guys have been through this battle before, and um, – that they 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 have to take that workmanlike attitude every single day, so that the younger players can understand that. You know, young players when they get in rivalry games, they're about the emotion, right? And we want to try to reduce some of that, and we want to focus on the execution. Yeah, it's the the emotions are going. It's just going to be there. That's just so natural. I mean, just the bus ride from you know from the from the hotel into the stadium is enough emotionally for if young guys that they don't understand what's going on. You know, just getting prepared for that game, going down the tunnel, being in that atmosphere with the fans can can take you over the top. But, man, you got to play inside the box. You can't get outside the box in this game. There are heroes made in this game, but there's also some there's also some stupid play that can happen in this game if you let it get away from you. So Texas has got to be the one ones with the heroes, I believe, on Saturday. You know, yeah. let, let the other team get emotional, get involved emotionally, but – you got to you got to keep your wits about you. They're going to do everything to distract you. You're not like you're not number ten. You're number three. They're in it for a lot of different reasons. They're trying to get to a championship game themselves. They're undefeated themselves. They don't they don't plan on coming in there and having you just whip their ass all over the place. They want to beat you. They want to beat you bad. They were. How can you forget last year? Right. You just can't. I mean, that, that's enough motivation itself. It has nothing to do with what's happened in years in this game. Just last year alone was the worst beating that's ever happened in the history of this game. So how you how you handle that is going to be on you because they're looking for revenge. They're 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 looking to get you back. They're, that's the emotion that will play. All they need to do is look at the score from last year. You know, not just your team and how good your team is. That score was very emba- embarrassing to sooner sooner fans, sooner football you know, players now, sooner football players in the past. Everybody that will show up at that game, everybody will be watching will remember what happened to him last year. You had the Oklahoma AD texting big money boosters who were at that game telling them that they could leave midway through the first half. That's how bad it was. That's how embarrassing it was for Oklahoma. Like, it was awful. And it was awesome for us. I enjoyed every second of it. And Absolutely. I would love to see that exact same thing this weekend. But you're right. And, and you think about this Oklahoma team. I know there wasn't a lot of hype around the Sooners going into this season, and rightfully so. They went 6-7 and seven last year. They had their worst season since the John Blake era in the late 90s. I mean, it was a disastrous first year for Brent Venables, and not a lot of people were giving them a lot of love, and they didn't have a lot of expectations. Well, here's the reality of the situation. As of this moment, Oklahoma has all the same goals that Texas has. Oklahoma wants to win the Big 12. And they're 2-0 and in this conference, just like Texas is. So they feel like they've got a shot. And they also can make the playoff this year, can't they? Yes. Like, I, I know they're outside of the top 10 right now. I know their non-conference schedule was what it was. But if Oklahoma wins this game, they're going to vault into the top 10, maybe pretty close to the top five. And all of a sudden, all the stuff we're saying about Texas, where Texas is going to be favored in every game they have the rest of the way, people are going to be saying that about Oklahoma. Because their schedule's not very good. So, like, every single goal that Texas has, Oklahoma also has, too. So, all the motivation for last year's game, hell, it really doesn't even matter based on what's going on outside of this game, right? There's always enough motivation for Texas OU regardless. But Oklahoma is sitting here thinking, we can also win the Big 12, and we can also be a college football playoff team this year. So, they've got plenty to play for, too. 
Yeah, this is a huge this is a huge opportunity for both teams. I mean, I mean, this is going to put Texas in a spot where people say where they're not jumping to number one because that's all going to be what, depending on how Georgia plays out the year. Georgia is going to stay number one if they win by one point from this point on. They are the two-time defend, not one time, but two-time defending national champs, and they deserve that until they get they until they get beat. I know it's supposed to go as the year goes on, who's the better team, but I'm not taking that. I don't think anybody's going to take that from Georgia if they if they stay the way they are. They win by three, they win by one. They're still the champs, but Texas can make sure that they can they can slide into that number two spot. They they most certainly can with a really nice victory this week. And Michigan's still got to play Ohio State. You know, they've got to play Penn State. I mean, there's some things that Michigan has have to – that they're going to have to go through. But it's not about positioning. You're already in position. No. It's not about all that positioning if you're going to be number one. It's about your goals of winning the Big 12, getting to the game. And, no, not just getting into the game, but winning the Big 12 championship, which means that you'll end up with a regular season that's undefeated. And that's, that's important. That's important to the program. It's got to be important to the players. And this is just a hurdle in the way right now. You just jump right over this hurdle, do all the things that you've been doing. You get a little bit better every week. You know, you get a little bit better in the scoring zone. You, you, you obviously got to come up with some wrinkles in this football game because they're not going to let you just do the things that you've been doing over the last four games. This is going to be different right here. They're going to understand those coaches over on that other side. They've been eat, sleep, and drinking this whole thing since last week. You know, and and they're ready, and they're going to be ready to go. They're going to know a little bit of, of everything about what your team is. It'll be up to this offensive and defensive coaching staff here. What are, what are the new wrinkles that are going to happen this week to prevent some of the things that OU is starting to have some success with? Because they're having some success, BK, throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, they are. Putting up guys going through your through your coverage this week. That's right. Oh, Oklahoma's been great this year. Like the, the big caveat is they haven't played anybody, but right. Oklahoma's got the best scoring offense in the Big 12. I think they're third in the country, averaging almost 48 points per game. And they also have the best scoring defense in the Big 12, averaging giving up around 10 or 11 points per game. So yeah, I think you've got to punish this defense. You've got to find a way with your run game right now and, and early in the football game to punish them with your running game. Let them know, you know, I always say every game that everybody wants to find out how tough Texas is. They're going to run at them until they just can't anymore. And they're still trying to do it in fourth quarters of games when it's useless. This Texas defense, you know, engulfs them and they can't run the football. Well, they're going to still try. But this is your opportunity to stick it to them mm. and with, with what you're really, really doing in your run game. Make them pay. Make that clock run. You don't have to have big scores in this game. You have to have time of possession. You have to run clock, and you have to score touchdowns. And you can have these eight, you know, these six, seven, eight-minute drives and punish them in the run game. As long as you're scoring touchdowns, who cares? That's it. That's it. This should be another big Jonathan Brooks game who has found so, his yes. stride here over the last couple of weeks. And this Texas run game has also really found its stride in recent weeks. And, yeah, make sure Oklahoma can stop the run, right? They've been good statistically against the run. They're only giving up 3.1 yards a carry on the ground this season, but they haven't gone up against a running back as good as Jonathan Brooks. They haven't gone up against an offensive line as good as this Texas's offensive line. So, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Jonathan Brooks has clearly come into his own uh, over the past few weeks. Yes. Make sure he gets the rock enough, right? I mean, oh, it, can't be, it can't be one of those deals where he gets it 12 times and we're all talking about it on Monday going, yeah. why didn't he get it 20 times? No, that guy can take it. He can take He can dish out the punishment. He can take it. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a long distance threat. Let him be a threat in this game. Let him be a star. If he's the star, let him be the star in this football game. If he's Absolutely. rushing in the 130s, 140s, 
that's good against this defense. If he's got the ability to rush for close to 200, let him go. Yeah, let, let him go. Let him punish them. And look, this Texas team, I think, has gotten better as the season has progressed, right? Especially over the yes. last few weeks. I think they've played the most – their two most complete football games of the season over the last couple of weeks. Now, is everything perfect? No. They, they muffed three kicks against Baylor a couple of weeks ago, and obviously they struggled a little bit in the red zone offensively in the first half against Kansas to where on the scoreboard that game was closer than a lot of Longhorn fans would have liked going right. into the third quarter. But – I mean, they, they've been able to run the ball effectively well. Quinn Ewers has put together back-to-back -to -back really strong performances. Obviously, the defense has held those two opponents to a combined 20 points. And you're talking about a road game at Baylor. We saw what Baylor just did against UCF on the road. Hell, they scored 26 points in the fourth quarter alone in that game. Right. Texas held them to six uh, for all four quarters in Waco. And then Kansas, yeah, no Jalen Daniels obviously helped the Longhorn D, but still Texas – Looked really, really solid defensively outside of a couple of big plays. So it just it feels like, and that's what good teams do, Buck. Like they get better as the season progresses. So we well, already I, had I, high I, hopes I, and expectations for the Longhorns going into the year. They got even higher after the week two win in Tuscaloosa. Sure. But the fact that we're still seeing tangible improvement week over week over week from this bunch, I think is a big part of why I'm as confident as I am that this season could be pretty damn special. Well, I think it's going to be a special season. I, the thing for me is the fact of how they take care of the football. Yeah, they had the pick last week, but the running backs take care of the ball. They understand how important ball control is and 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 how important not giving the ball away is. I mean, they the one turnover. I mean, this has been incredible. You go through a season like they're going through right now and you continue on this path, it'll be incredible what they've done to protect the football. It really will. I mean, besides the besides the interception, I don't, they don't have to have a turnover, do they? Uh Jaden Blue had that fumble. Okay. And obviously, obviously the, the two one. The two special teams muffs. Yeah, they, they can keep the special teams muffs. I'm just talking about offensively. Okay. Their running backs aren't dropping the ball. The receivers aren't putting the ball on the ground. We've had the one – yeah, the one fumble by Jaden Blue. We, you had the, the one pick by Quinn Ewers. But we're going through five games, five or six games. We're talking about – you know, you look around the rest of the country, I bet you there are teams that wish that they only had two turnovers offensively. Oh, yeah. And this group right now is taking really good care. I mean, that's a sign of a mature football team to know the importance of what that football is all about. When guys carry, I mean, when Jonathan Brooks is running for all these touchdowns and trying to gather those extra yards, you see him flailing away, giving it that second effort, but he understands how important protecting the ball is. That's a big deal. And that, that will be a big deal throughout the season. That will, that's the way that will keep you undefeated or yeah. end up in a championship game, taking care of the football offensively. And they've done a great job at that. Yeah, and and that's something that, thankfully, we haven't had to talk about a lot this year. Right. I mean, just over – my God, since I've been covering this team, probably since you've been covering this team, it just feels like every year we have to talk so much about self-inflicted wounds, right? Right. Turnovers, but also penalties. I mean, Texas is one of the 15 least penalized teams in all of college football. And think about that. Like, we, we talked about the refs all offseason long, how they would be a huge storyline, especially once we got into conference play. Well, they, they haven't been because Texas has been very disciplined and they're not committing penalties. And obviously it helps when you're blowing teams out so the ref can't make that back-breaking call in the fourth quarter that might cost you a game. But you think about the lack of turnovers and the lack of penalties for Texas. Like that is a night and day difference versus what we've seen from this program almost continuously over the last 15 years. Yeah, and, and especially in the run game, when you're having getting close to these 200-yard rushing games by Jonathan Brooks, no holding penalties? Are you kidding me? Like they say, there's a holding penalty on every down. But this group right now doesn't have a bunch of those, and they've got a rusher who's rushing in 150s, 160s, over 200. I mean, that's a big deal. 
I mean, that's that's when you that's when you understand what you, what you're doing. That's when you understand what your game plan is. That's when you understand what the blocking schemes are about. That you don't have to reach and grab anybody. You know what kind of runners behind you that that the, that you don't have to do anything over spectacular by grabbing some guy and yanking him down in order for this guy to get loose. You just need to get your body on another guy's body without grabbing and reaching and clawing him, and you're going to be okay. That this team seems to understand that from still a very young offensive line. Yeah, four penalties against Kansas, just two penalties against Baylor. I think the most they've had in a game was six against Wyoming for 40 yards. But, man, if they can be under five in just about every game, then they're going to be in a really, really good spot. So, now, yeah. And what was funny last week is I, I the, on the one punt that came to to Worthy, when it was kind of – it was like a knuckleball and he caught it, he kind of shook the ball around a little bit because he knew that baby was knuckling in there. That was a really weird – punt that came to him and he, he just in his mind mentally said okay I looked this baby in let me rock it a little bit because you know of what has happened before he looked the ball right into his hands and that was not an easy punt that was a knuckleball yeah the that punter did a nice uh, Tim Wakefield tribute. oh yeah oh yeah it was that, that was good stuff and yeah. the importance of this game is this is the one where you can't have any of that this is the one BK where we talk about balls can't drop in front of you and bounce 30 yards behind you on the run Field position will be important in this game. And, and Oklahoma, their quarterback will take advantage of the field position. Yeah. You know, very fortunate last week that the, the starter didn't play last week. Just was, like you said, when he was, he, when he was announced that he wasn't going to play, I already had felt good about this team just winning the game. This guy, Dylan Gabriel, he can do a little bit of everything. You know, I'm, I don't dig his act, but I know one thing. He'll take off and run with the football. Sure. And he and he thinks he's a rough guy too. I mean, he thinks he's a tough guy. So he's not a slider. He's going to try to take on your defensive back. And I hope this is where Catalan finds him out there in the open field where he makes a bad maneuver. But you know, you got to you got to really corral him cuz he's going to want to make big plays this week. Oh yeah. And, oh, and yeah. I know he's going to want to do that with his arm, but if you give him the opportunity to take off and go, he's not going to be like some of the quarterbacks that you've seen lately. They can't escape you. That's where your defense and your speed is going to have to come into play because he's going to want to run. Right, absolutely. 29 carries this season for Dylan Gabriel. Some of those are sacks, so it's kind of stupid sure. to look at the quarterback rush numbers in college football. But, no, nah, he he did that at UCF, and he's done that at Oklahoma where, yeah, he can beat you with his legs. If you're playing man coverage and you turn your back to him, he will take oh, yeah. off and pick up chunk plays. He's, you know, we've seen Quinn Ewers do that. Dylan Gabriel oh, yeah, is a little bit Quentin faster. Sayers. Quinn Sayers does that all the time. Yeah. Turn well, back to Quinn Sayers, he's gone. If, if Ewers is Sayers, then – I mean, Dylan Gabriel is Walter Payton, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know how many running backs are better than Gail Sayers in the history of this sport that we love so much. But, uh, yeah, no, Gabriel's a little fleeter of foot, and uh, he can make you pay if, if you're not paying attention. All right, we'll, we'll get back into this game. But we got to give some love to some of our great sponsors. Buck, I'll give you the floor, man. Where do you want to take this thing? I want to say, say hello and uh, good morning to our travel partners out there, Austin Duck Adventures. You know, if, if you're interested in – tours of Austin by land and by lake, then you've got to go to Austin Duck Adventures, folks. They do this, they're doing this daily, and they've got daily tours from the Austin's Visitor Center. I'll go to austinducks.com for more information, folks. Ride, splash, quack. <laughs> they've got group rates, private charters. Go to austinducks.com. Do me a favor. Go, go take a trip. If you haven't taken the duck boat trip, which I have done before, and I know you've been to different cities and taken that, that is a cool way to see your city. And Paulie and those guys do such a great job, and we want to thank them for being a part of our 
uh, our travel partners, and of course, Comanche Concrete, Mike Terry and the gang there, locally owned and operated, Central Texas leader, of course. Uh, they, of course, do foundations, flat work, driveways, over 2,000 foundation slabs installed in the Austin and surrounding areas. Now, they work from Austin to New Braunfels, from Marble Falls to Bastrop. Give them a call today for a free quote. That is free. We like free. I know BK does. 512-297-2440. Give them a call today. Talk to Mike Terry. I want to thank those folks, of course, for being our travel partner. And one of your favorites, Hayes City Store, Travis Tendall and Tamara over there at the Hayes City Store. You're going to go visit them today. Say hello to them. And I know you're going to have some uh, have a meal there probably at lunchtime. You won't miss out on a meal at Hayes City Store, will you? Oh, yeah. I'm getting a burger and probably watching the first couple innings of the Rangers playoff game out there at Hayes City Very Store. Very nice. So yeah. thank you to our travel partners. And if you want to become a travel partner, there's all kinds of ways to do that because we're going to all the events. Yeah. We're not sitting at home talking about – oh, I think we should go, or I didn't know this show. I didn't know it was going to be here in this part of the country. Should we go or shouldn't we go? I think we should go to all the events. Why not? We'll be there. Absolutely. And we're excited to be up in Dallas this weekend for maybe the biggest Texas OU game since 2008. Nice. Should be a ton of fun. Yeah, shout out to Hayes City Store. What, what are you saying? BK likes free stuff, huh? Is that a, is that a Jew joke? You taking a shot at, at No, I like free stuff. What do you right, If it's for free, it's sure. for thee, you know? For thee? For yeah. the Jews? For no, the Jews? No, for thee and me. How's that? Uh, I didn't oh. say anything about those people. Uh, it sounded Did like you? you did. Yeah, and a big shout out this morning to Troy and Mike from Big Hat. Yeah. Yeah, the Big Hat company's listening to us this morning. I love that stuff, man. Those uh, canned cocktails. They're all over the University of Texas right now. They're man. all over the stadium. That has, that has logo, too, man. Those those cans are slick. And what's There's a inside? picture of Juan Cosby on a can. Yeah, they've got some uh, like Austin slash Texas legends on some of the special edition cans, too. They they crush it, man. That's That's good stuff. So shout out to them, too. Um, and shout out to all of our great partners. And, and you said Austin Duck Adventures. What's the line again? One if by these, two if by nuts. What's the uh, no, 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 no? You can take it, you know, by land. I would say sea, but it's by lake. They don't head to the sea, How? they head to the lake. You know, you get a chance to ride and splash. And I love it. I mean, I learned an awful lot by just getting on that that duck tour. I mean, I, I had been here for years before I took the tour and I got on one of the tours. And I learned an awful lot just going downtown and right by the visitor center. They go right down 6th Street. You know, mm -hmm. people, they got the quackers. Everybody's quacking at you and everything else. I love that. I've done it in Seattle. Now I've, I've, I love this one here. I really do. Yeah. And our, our faces will be on the side of those things very soon. You and I will be on the side of the Austin duck boat. That's a scary yeah. thought. That is a scary thought. No, yeah, no doubt about it. it. Yep, and shout out to our friends at Great Blue Heron Furniture. You see that little dog on the top right portion of our YouTube broadcast sitting on a gorgeous couch. If you're looking for a new couch for your home, maybe a vacation home, you got to go to greatblueheronfurniture.com. Heck, you don't even have to remember the website. There is literally a link in the video description below if you're watching on YouTube. Great Blue Heron Furniture, a custom leather furniture company that's been around since 1991 they focus on heavy leathers hides and fabrics ranging from traditional western to modern farmhouses i am telling y'all you cannot find more stylish more comfortable and more well-built furniture anywhere out there so if you're looking for something to really spice up your home right somebody walks into your living room and they're like what what is that that is gorgeous 
then you find it at greatblueheronfurniture.com. And if you click that link below and use the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off. Furniture companies don't do that. 15% off your purchase at greatblueheronfurniture.com. The best furniture that you can find all across the country. Make sure you check them out. Now, speaking of checking it out, how are we doing in our special teams kicker? How's our kicker doing? Bert. Well, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. So uh, I'll give some love to Danny Davis of the Austin American Statesman. Buck, I know you read his work. I do. He might be the only one. <laughs> I do because I get that hard copy. No offense to Danny. No, love Danny. Love the Statesman crew and uh, support local journalism. But here's a Q&A. So you'll hear Danny's voice at the beginning, and then you'll hear Sark, and they'll go back and forth a little bit on what's going on at Kicker as Bert Auburn continues to struggle a little bit. It seemed like you're wanting to make a change with, with Bert. No. Um, what do you do to kind of help him get over his struggles? And I, guess... no, I mean, I think at the end, you know, what happened, okay? The, the, the kick against Baylor, uh, we have a high snap. Um, we don't protect the edge very well. He pushes it right off the upright. The second one's a 50-yarder. Um, you know, so percentages aren't great from 50. Um, but, but I think we can clean that up. And then the 47-yarder, uh, again, a little bit of a high snap. But, but, again, I think he's better. So I think us getting our battery, our operation, snap, hold, kick, protection to, to ensure confidence in him. And then, two, him trusting his training. You know, he, he's too good. He's been doing it for two years for us now. It's just getting him back into his comfort zone. And, and he started that today. He kicked the ball well today. Yeah, he just needs to get back into his groove. I mean, he pushes the ball out to the right. I, I don't push my shots out to the right when I take my swings. I turn the ball over, you know what I mean? When I, when I get up there and I've got a seven iron in my hand, I know it's going to go right to left. Sometimes he gets a little bit out there and he doesn't. that ball doesn't hook for him. It just stays out to the right. So, Did you hear uh, that? Did you hear the, the Sark audio play? Yeah. Okay, I didn't hear it on my end, but you didn't say did. anything, and it looked like you were listening, so I didn't stop Oh, no, I was, I was listening. He, he just <laughs> talked about some high snaps, you know, the, uh, the center holder exchange a little bit high at times. You know, it's, Sark has a way of never making it about the person who's really the involved person, you know, like a guy who drops balls, drops passes. There's always other things within that that changes the dynamics of the person who really is involved. Well, he's just pushing some balls off to the right right now. But Sark says there's some high snaps coming in there that throw off the timing a little bit. But he's been cooking. He's been he's been kicking it pretty well right now. And I was just trying to explain to you how I hit it right to left. You know, I aim just outside the uprights when I would bring it right back into the middle. You know, when I had the square toe on, you know, there was no turning. The ball never turned. It just went straight on until you shank it and hit the girl in the head who's going to the bathroom. That's a little Ooh. bit different. Yeah, didn't you miss a game-tying extra point in the biggest game of the season one time? Yes, I did, and it hit a girl in the head. And I don't know, I never got anything. I never got any insurance, you know, any insurance companies calling me because she got hit in the head with the leather. But she was on her way to the restroom, so I hit the girl's restroom. Yeah, sorry about that. Was that your pickup line? Were you trying to woo her by knocking her out (laughs) with the football? Shanking the leather off the top of her head? (laughs) No. You left the number on the side of the ball and it left an imprint on the side of her dome. I, I just think we noticed with Bert. I mean, when you look at him, you never see him hook anything. Never see him miss left. Everything's pushed to the right. Yeah. You know, when he starts and he's waiting for that thing to turn over and he's getting a couple of them and maybe the high snap is what's doing that. I'm not a kicking expert, so I'm not even going to try to figure that one out. I just yeah. know sometimes it's never always about the punt returner. It's about the guard that doesn't protect from the guy who's coming down the field. Right. I, I, I learned look- that. 
I learned that last week, so I'm good. This is another example of Sark sticking up for his players. You said it a moment ago. Like, this is what he does. When Quinn struggles, it's never all Quinn's fault, right? The O-line didn't do the right job. The receivers didn't run the right routes. The running backs have to be better. Like, that's who Sark is. When Burt Auburn misses kicks, the snaps aren't good enough. The hold isn't spun the right way. Like, he just never throws his guys under the bus. Which is a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. The players obviously love that. Some fans don't love that, although I think no. most fans are loving what Sark is doing right now. But uh, that's just that's who he is. So this is on Bert Auburn. Don't get it twisted. The, the right. you're, you're their, right. It's not like kicks are getting blocked, so the O-line's doing its job. Snaps not that high. They get down on the ground. Snaps are fine. The holds are fine. Uh, the kicks are what's not fine. So I have no faith in Bert Auburn right now. Now, I'm, I'm cool with Sark not changing things before the biggest game of the season, right? right. Like. Maybe after this game, if Auburn misses another field goal, then you've got the bye week next week. So you've got two weeks before the Houston game to figure out if you've got to make a change at kicker. Maybe you hold some sort of competition at practice. But yeah, right now I'm fine with rolling with Auburn, but I, I get nervous now. Like I, I don't have faith when Auburn trots onto the field that the kick is going to go through the uprights. Like it is shit show, Bert, not sideshow, Bert. It is now shit show <laughs> Bert, when that guy takes the field. So. Look, Texas, they've won games by an average of 23 points this season. They haven't yes. needed the kicker, but this is a six-point line. Yeah, one of these games is going to be close. Maybe a couple of these games are going to be close. You can't be giving up points with your kicker, and Auburn has been giving up points. He missed five field goals all of last year. He's missed five through five games this season. They've got to get that right. Otherwise, it might cost them a trip to the college football playoff. Yeah, you're right about that. That that has to be fixed, and and you can't. That's not like a punt return. That guy, these are real live points that you're giving up when that guy misses 30 and 40 yard field goals, which are, those are pieces of cake in college football these days. And for any kicker, a 35, 40 yard field goal should be automatic. That's what you do. You go in the corner and you kick. Dude, he missed a 26 yarder against Waco High. Yeah. Like just, that, come on, man. Like, okay. They just stay off to the right. They're not hooking, they're being pushed out there. Right. Like if you're going to miss, you know, the occasional 40 something yarder, fine, whatever. It's a college kicker that happens, but you can't be missing 26 yarders and kick for the University of Texas, dude. What are we doing? You're right. You're we're, right. We're, they got to straighten it out. Kansas is not KU. We're KU. We're kicker you. That's right. That's Our guy true. CB says long run of kickers. I can go back to the Phil Dawson days. I mean, there you had, go. You've had some damn good kickers around here and, I'm hoping Bert Auburn can be the next one. Hell, after last year, I kind of thought he was the next one, but now it's like I don't, I don't know. You know, watch out if you're headed to the bathroom at the game this weekend. Watch out for Bert Auburn Shanks. Oh no, no, he'll push it off and hit you in the back of the head. Well, you know, some, one of the great kickers that was at the University of Texas works for a group called Texas Orthopedics. How about that, Christopher Stockton? That's right. Contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics when you need that specialized patients. Focus on orthopedic care. Uh, they offer, of course, comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for adults and children. Spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and even more. Christopher Daney, who I coached at Texas, and the one and only Christopher Stockton, was a great kicker at Texas, are dedicated orthopedic surgeons. And their goal is to get you back into good health and great quality of life. Visit TXOrtho.com for more information. Texas Orthopedics is the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. Once again, for more information, go to TXOrtho.com. Now, that dude could kick it. Oh, yeah. He's one of 
the guys who make up KU. There you go. KU. I'm loving it now. Now it's like, KU. Hey, like, I saw yeah. Michael Dickerson punting last night, just driving the ball for the Seattle Seahawks. Dixon? They, yeah, Dixon. Is that now? Dixon, is that punt you too? PU? Oh, or PU? Yeah. Nah, I don't know if we're PU, but Michael Dixon might be the best punter in the league right now. Man, was he but, knocking that ball through that New York night last night? Yeah, that shouldn't surprise anybody, right? I no. mean, when you're a bowl game MVP as a punter, it means you're pretty damn good. And we That's got to sure. like I, that was the most entertaining part of the Tom Herman era was Michael Dixon punting the football. How about that? Way to go, <laughs> Herman. Good job. Yeah, I mean, that guy, that guy is a, a special talent, man. It's not often our punters must see television. Usually, ah, it's fourth down, I'm going to go somewhere. But no, nah, Michael Dixon has turned that into an art, and he's uh, still getting it done at the highest level. So well, shout out I, to him. And I, and I agree with you so much, BK, about the fact that Sark is, is not – it's not necessarily throwing your guys under the bus. You know, every time a coach says something about an individual, it's always, you know, you know media will say – oh, he's throwing him under the bus. Or people that don't understand football say, oh, he's getting thrown under the bus. It's not always that way. It's not about throwing you under the bus. It's just letting people know that I understand who has made the mistakes. I, why am I protecting him? He's not a child. These aren't children. These are NIL guys. They make money now playing football. These aren't children. But he has a way of, you know, that protection part of it that's nice. I mean, he doesn't overly protect guys, I don't think. But, you know, when it comes to, the guy returning the punts and the, the guy, the guard doesn't block the other guard. I mean, and the guy, what does the guy come down the field screaming? I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And then you drop it because you're scared because the guy didn't get blocked. I mean, there's, I know there's other factors in some of this stuff, but I, I still like, I do like the way he handles that with the players because they seem to thrive on that. They seem not to let him down. So sideshow Bert needs to get it together. Or <laughs> It's not sideshow anymore. huh? Shit show Bert. He needs to get that together, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. And look, hey, I say this all the time. When your coach is winning games, you don't care what they say or what they do. Right. You're just happy that they're <laughs> winning. When when the coach starts losing games, then you start to nitpick and criticize sure. what he says and what he does. So. Well, just something that they could do better at. That's all. I don't yeah. think it's nitpicking. I mean, these are things that they have to get better. By the way, right. these are nitpicking because these are things that can lose you a football game. They actually can outright lose you a game. Oh, we look. talk about guys dropping punts and guys pushing balls to the right. Those things can lose you a game. Those aren't nitpicking. Those are real life things that can cost you a championship. Hey, if Bert Auburn misses a potential game winning kick on Saturday, then Texas fans are going to be wondering why Sark didn't make a change at kicker. That's, a, that's, like, what you, that's what people do, yes. That dude missed five kicks in the first five games of the season. You clearly have some other kickers on scholarship or at least a couple of walk-ons on the roster. Why didn't you do something about this? It was clear that he was struggling. You let him go out there for the biggest kick of the year, and he missed right. it. You know, People will blame the kid, of course, but they'll also be mad at Sarks. That's just that's how it goes. That's how it goes. But right now it's working. And look, hey, if Texas keeps winning these games by double digits, then – we're not going to be too worried about what the kicker does no. or doesn't do. And I, I got a hunch this game isn't going to come down to a last second Burt Auburn kick. I, now, I, do you feel do you feel in this game, BK, on a Tuesday that, you know, I talked before the season started that Sark was going to have to win two games. Do you feel like this could be the second of the two games or is it later on in the year that this team is just playing well enough just to win? In, in, in all phases of the game, they're playing well enough to beat Oklahoma at this time of the year. 
the success that Oklahoma's having and the success that Texas is having? Are they just good enough right now, talented enough to win this game where Sark doesn't have to pull a rabbit out of his hat? That That's to come later on, probably. God, I think so. Like, I, I'd like to think Texas is talented enough to beat all of these teams without Sark having to pull some sort of magic or rabbit out of his hat. But well, he did that at Alabama. He won the game. I, yeah, I'm well, giving him a lot of credit for that. Alabama was the one team on Texas's schedule that had like talent to Texas. Okay. Right. And Alabama's recruited better than Texas over the last couple of years. So you could have said Alabama had better talent than Texas. Now, if you watch that game, I don't think people left thinking that Alabama had more talent than Texas. No. Texas went in there and beat them by double digits. And if Texas did a couple of things differently, they could have won that game by more than just 10. But yeah, look, Oklahoma usually recruits well, but like with where they are in their transition stage, with this being year two of Brent Venables, they don't have the talent that Texas has. But I will say this like, th- this is the most talented team Texas will play the rest of the way. Like, K State's got some dudes. We know that. They won the Big 12 last year. They're sure. well coached. Uh, uh, TCU, they lost a ton, but they still played in the national title last year. They like just lost at, to West Virginia at home. Yeah, look, it's it's tough making them sound good, but hell, they've they've given Texas fits even in years where they're not so good. That's right. They they don't have to bring their best. They've they've brought they brought not even their best and beat Texas. You're right. So, so like just on paper, if you're saying Sark needs to go out there and win you another game this season, this would be the one because this okay. is the, this this is probably the closest Vegas spread that Texas is going to have the rest of the way, and this is the team with the most talent that Texas will play the rest of the way. So yeah, I see. I'm kind of answering, I'm kind of answering it both ways, right? Like, yes, Texas has the talent to beat Oklahoma without some superior coaching advantage, but in this rivalry type of game, and we know Oklahoma does have some talent. Yeah. You want your head coach to step up and do some things to give you that schematic advantage. Yeah. I I still think it comes later on when they, when they take some team for granted, He, he makes the call. He does the right thing. He gets the team going back in the right direction. I think this is just a game that the players understand this rivalry itself and what they have to do, that they, that they are still better than the group over, over on the other side of the field. They've got better depth. They have better talent. They've got a more talented running back. Right now they still have a more talented quarterback. They've got more talented wide receivers. They've got a better defensive line. I mean, when you look player for player, again, Texas is overwhelmingly better than Oklahoma. That, and Oklahoma got better than they were last year. But they weren't for shit last year, by the way. You know? Yeah. That was not a good Oklahoma football team. And now in, in the second year, they're still, I believe, even though they're undefeated, as you said, the schedule has given them the opportunity to make them feel good about themselves. you know. And they look good because they're not playing anybody. But for the Texas team, they are now battle-tested on the road, you know what I mean, at home against pretty good football teams. And they're just, they should just be better. They don't, need the, they don't need the coach to come and bail them out. They need the coach to coach, but the players need to play in this game. This rivalry will, will bring it out. It's just going to bring it out anyway. But yeah. down the line somewhere, I'm still thinking the head man still got to bring out another one where everybody else has had one of those days where you're looking at it, and although we're better than that team, you're going to say, Coach, we need you because these dudes just – there's something that's not clicking today with them. Bring me, Give me a play. Make a call. Right. Call a timeout at the right time. I don't think it's this week, BK. I, I, I don't. I think this week is all about the game. Yeah. The I mean, rivalry. look at – the coaching chess match will be fun this week, sure. right? Because it will be. I, I know it's always going to be a part of it, yes. Sure. Brent Venables had an awful year last year, and the jury's still out on whether or not he's going to be a great head coach in college football. But that guy has a 
long enough and strong enough track record as a defensive coach in this sport to where right. he's one of the better defensive minds in college football. And he has been for a long time. So Sark, one of the better offensive minds going up against Venables. Like that's a fun one, but also, yeah, Lebby, the offensive coordinator, big Art Bryles guy. Let's not yes. forget. Uh, that's his father-in-law. That's his that's father-in-law. His Will he be on the sideline? Oh. He can't be on the sideline. Will he be on the sideline this week? It's his grandkids. It's his grandkids. You know, if they're there and they want to go on the sideline where their dad is after the game, he can't come down there. What about the other kids at Baylor from a few years ago? Do we not care about those kids? Oh, those kids? Those, yeah. The, yeah daughters yeah. of fathers yeah. and mothers. Yeah, Yikes. we care about them. We care about them more. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. But – Look, the, the Levy versus PK chess match is an interesting one. Like, I'd go edge PK there, but think about it. Like, the narrative around this game all week long has been, well, Texas is far and away the best team Oklahoma has seen this year. And, yeah. yes, that's obvious. And Oklahoma is not the best team that Texas has seen this year. No. Because Alabama is better than Oklahoma. But, 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 Dylan Gabriel is far and away the best quarterback that Texas has seen this year. Yes, there's so no this doubt will, about that. This, like, it would have been Jalen Daniels if Jalen Daniels played. Uh, it's not Jalen Milrow. Like, uh, that guy got benched. He's clearly the best quarterback at Alabama, and he's getting better, but he's not Dylan Gabriel right now. I don't know if no. he ever will be Dylan Gabriel. So from that stance, like, this is the toughest test for PK. So it might not necessarily be like a huge Sark game, but PK, like, he's got to make sure his defense is able to hold up against Dylan Gabriel. We didn't see Dylan Gabriel in this game last year, and it made a huge difference. Now, Texas, I think, still would have won and won handily, even if Gabriel played last year, but it wouldn't have been 49 to nothing if Gabriel was able to suit up. That guy is, you know, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, completing more than 70% of his passes. He can run a little bit, too. Once again, bad competition. He hasn't seen a right. defense like Texas, but it's a test for PK. Like, he's got to make sure that he is able to slow down what has been one of the best passing attacks in college football right now. Well, they will try to run guys through your secondary. You know, my, you know, my heart skipped a beat last week when the kid from Kansas, that long touchdown pass. I'm like, oh, no. I know they got the mismatch. I know they got the matchup that they wanted. But, man, that, was, that, that doesn't look good. That long bomb did not look good at no. all running through your secondary. And once again, very fortunate not to have the starting quarterback. I don't know if they'd have won the game with, no. you know, with Daniels playing, but I just know this. That guy didn't really give him a chance. Texas had all the chances in the world once that guy did not suit up, once his back was locked up in the locker room. So it was – didn't like to see that. I, You know, I, I can understand, you know, you miss a tackle on a sideline, a guy goes down the sideline. I got that part. But guys catching in stride going through your secondary always makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah. Keaton Crawford got turned around pretty good on that long touchdown pass by the Jayhawks on Saturday. And he Saturday. didn't look athletic enough to even keep up with the dude. I mean, that's the thing. Once again, I mean, he just kind of looks stumbly, you know what I mean? Yeah, he just he just got caught flat-footed. Looked like his feet were stuck in cement. And yeah. by the time he realized what he needed to do, I mean, you know, Wilson, the Kansas receiver, was at a full sprint at that point, And Crawford had to start from basically being completely stopped. And, yeah, that's like – Crawford's a really good athlete. He could probably run step for step with that guy, but he just started at a stop while Wilson came through full speed. So, yeah, that was uh, that was not great. And Texas has given up more explosive plays through the air than we would like. And you think about the Alabama game, right? The, there were a couple of long touchdowns in that one. One of them was a big catch and run, right, the Nye Black touchdown. But the other one, the Jermaine Burton touchdown that gave Alabama the lead for the first time, you know, that was – 
defensive breakdown where a guy was kind of running free and credit to Jalen Milrow. That was his best throw of the night uh, touchdown. So that's, that's the one thing like we don't get to hear from PK, but I'm sure if we did, he'd be like, yeah, that's, that's the thing that we've got to clean up. Clearly sure. we're doing most right on defense. This has been one of the best defenses in college football, but the, uh, the big plays, especially through the air, um, that has been uh, that has been an issue. They all matter, but it doesn't seem to be that it's come at a point where it really has really hurt you. You know, you've already been you're, you're seem to be out to pretty good leads when these things happen to you. So it doesn't seem like it affects us more than if that happens in the first quarter and you've got a tight ball game going on. You know, that's that's when it really hurts. You're like, wow, already yeah. some guys going through the through your secondary. But by the time it happens, you're already up two or three scores. I, I expect this to be a high-scoring game on Saturday. I do too. By, I do by too. Way. Um, am I off base by saying Alabama is better than Oklahoma right now? Uh, like I know Alabama has a loss and Oklahoma doesn't, but Alabama has also beaten a good team, a ranked team, and Oklahoma hasn't, right? Alabama Alabama has, played, Alabama has played against better teams. Texas, yeah. Mississippi, you know. Oklahoma hasn't played against who's Oklahoma hasn't played against. This is their week right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, also, I, don't, I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. I guess, I guess you could make an argument that Oklahoma's better than Alabama. I, I wouldn't. Alabama's ranked ahead of OU, and I think they've got better players and they've got a better coach and a better coaching staff. And uh and but, Nick Saban is their head coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, if you just want to look at records, I guess you can uh, make the argument that Oklahoma is ahead of of Alabama, but if yeah, Alabama I would rather played, be, I would be rather be playing Oklahoma this week than Alabama. Yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> no question. And every team in the country would rather be playing Oklahoma than Alabama this week too. So yes, there you go. All right, let's uh, let's give some love to some more of our sponsors coming up on the nine o'clock hour. How about a recorded spot from our friends over at AV Consultations? Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. And Camilla McKay. Kid, what time is it? Oh man, it's back to sports time. The hockey and football seasons are upon us. And baseball is winding down to the best part. And what about basketball season? I'm 5'2". Who the hell cares about basketball? Yeah, we're talking about watching, not playing. And in that case, you've got everyone covered, right? That's right. Audiovisual Consultations has been providing awesome systems and service throughout Texas for over 30 years. Installing home entertainment systems and livening up restaurants with incredible audio and video systems. We're talking multi-screen video walls. And home entertainment that puts you in the best seat in the stadium. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678. Hey, aren't you forgetting something? Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Hug your kids until they beg you to stop. Watch a game with your friends. And make love to whoever the hell you want. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678 or visit us at avconsultations.com. Go Stars! Go Bruins! Kid. Thank you very much, Tom McKay and Camillo. Appreciate that. And you know who I appreciate? Relax the back. I went got my chair, so I've got my road chair now. So when, we, when we're on the road traveling, no matter where we go, I've got a chair that we can put in that beautiful covert truck or car that we're going to be driving or SUV and bring it with me because my back needs that support. And your back probably does too. I had thoracic back surgery 20 years ago, and my back, every day I'm in pain. It's just to what degree it is. But thanks to Relax the Back, my back has a support, my lumbar area, my thoracic back, my shoulders. And BK, it has been absolutely fantastic. Relax the back. They embrace a holistic approach for a healthier lifestyle. And as I said, my back could not be happier. Now they got tempur of course, pillows. They've got the whole works, stand-up desk. Anything that you need, you can find at the Relax the Back stores. Now they've got two locations. 
the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods, and of course in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live like the buck, pain-free with Relax the Back. I got a road chair for the road. Yes. There you go. Covert time. That road chair is going to be in a covert vehicle, isn't it? Yes, it is. And by the way, Covert, they've got an unbelievable location out there in BKs. And they've got seven brands, the Buicks, GMs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, of course. And the Covert family, where they've been doing this since 1909, serving Central Texas with cars and trucks. Then they've got Covert Ford and Chevy out in Hutto, and of course, Covert Lincoln and Ford right there in Austin. While you're out there, folks, if you need to have something serviced, they've got, they service all the GM models, which is cool. And the waiting time with the 86 service bays out there, is that really right? 86 service bays? The place is a monster out there, Office 71. Yeah. Not 18 service bays, 86 service bays right there for you. While you're out there, say hello to Dan and Stacy and Mike and the whole gang out there. For more information, go to covertbcave.com. Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. And Thank many thanks. those folks. Yep, many thanks to Covert Bee Cave. They're hooking both of us up with uh, some vehicles to take to Dallas this weekend. Yeah, I'm doing the little Cadillac SUV. I like those little, yeah. I'm a caddy man from way back. That's right. Wow. Are you going to give that thing back? There's a good possibility they may see it again. <laughs> Just a good possibility, though. Not 100%. My old man, when I was a kid, had a Cadillac. This dude had a pink Cadillac with the wings in the back, with the big, long wings. Oh. Dude had one of those monsters. I mean, you must have got like, I don't know, quarter of a mile to a gallon or something. It was ridiculous. We, we were, I was the oldest of age, so we had so many kids in that. We damn near were going to live in that thing. They, they had awesome. the air in it. They had the... We had the electric up and down windows. How long do you think it took for those bad boys got to break down? About six months into that car. I mean, those things just stayed up. They didn't even come down. I love that Cadillac. Pink Cadillac. That was a beauty. That was a oh, beauty. Yeah. I love Cadillacs. And I, I love the, the Cadillacs of today, and especially in that SUV form. Because that way I can throw my clubs in the back. I can still get my gardening done and throw my gardening stuff in the back. Because I'm always out looking for gardening stuff. I just... It's almost that time, BK. The old lettuce rancher is almost ready to start. The naked gardener making a return. That's right. Get that Instagram going or my space or your page or our page or those people's pages. It's almost that time. Your page, our page, or those people pages? Isn't that what they have? Don't they have all these forums? You know, this Insta spam, Insta spam. You know, I want to do that too. I want to be a part of all of this new age tech, the, the techniques that get social media i want to get all of that stuff i'm going to be there that's right my that thing is there are a lot of people who think you're kidding right now but no you're not this this is what you legitimately think these uh websites are called these days no, no, no my spam no my space is uh no longer with us gone i mean i think it still exists but nobody uses it it was real popular for a couple of years and then now it, it's it's basically gone yeah Insta spam models. What happened to them? Instagram is still a thing. Okay. That's big. And then OnlyFans. That's the that's the one I think you're thinking of. You can make, that's some, serious, make some cash. Yeah, you can make some serious money right there. If you I know? like gardening in my loincloth, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what's for you is the girl who wears the prophylactic as an outfit going into the plane. That's what you like. That's the kind of Insta spam you like 
is that woman. That woman is a trip. The which really. one? The con the condom girl or the condom, uh see dead girl. people girl? No, no, see dead people girl is nuts. I don't even want to forget about her. You want to see condom girl? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call me again. <laughs> Call me a bitch again. Yeah, you guys did nothing wrong. I said shut up. No, you shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up Goodbye. in your Goodbye. You shut the Goodbye. Film me. I'm Instagram famous. You bum. That is great. You bum. You're I'm Instagram famous, you bum. You're walking around with a condom on for an outfit. <laughs> and she's the bum? Are you kidding me? Oh, that was that's great. Should I, I wear that to Dallas this weekend? Man, oh man. I need to get me a suit like that. That is amazing. So I can call somebody a bum. What is wrong with these people? They have lost their minds. So somebody good. has told them this is people enjoy that. No, nobody enjoys you walking around with a condom all around your body. That no way. Tight. I would have been looking. I know. Of course you would have been looking. You would have helped her get her bags down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would have what, an ocular pad down. I would have been security too. Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> no, I would you have can't. Some guy's security outfit and put there it is, on. And there is nothing she can hide unless it's in her ass. We're doing Everything it. else is there's going to be a bulge somewhere with that. Excuse condom me, on. I'm going to have to do a cavity search then because it sounds <laughs> oh, like you might have something course. in your ass. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'd have to feel just to no. see. We don't no, want anything no. bad getting on these airplanes, dude. It's it's safety. Man, oh, one, you're trying to protect the people, huh? Always. We're all about player safety. Or, yeah, probably not goodness. player safety here, but yeah, you know what that I mean. That one right there, that one right there, I'm going to protect the people from. I'm not elbowing her, but I'm going to escort her off the plane. The other one that is seeing things, she's the one getting the elbow. That 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 one who, who <laughs> sees people that aren't for real, and she comes by me, she's going to get the sharp elbows, so she goes down a little bit, and we can drag her off by her hair. Oh. She needs to get off the plane. I gotta, I gotta show you this as we talk a little bit of baseball because the MLB postseason does get going yes. today, and one of the two Texas teams is in action today. Uh, man, my my internet over here is seemingly a little choppy, but the fact that you are seeing and hearing everything that you need yes. to see and hear, and the fact Forget that our the listeners people just bring it to me. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think everything's okay for y'all. I'm gonna try to share this screen. Somebody tried to bring in an emotional support pet to a baseball game. Now, usually when you think of emotional support pets, you think, you think of, yeah, and you also think of airplanes, right? People trying to bring stuff on a plane. Of course. But yeah, dogs are the big ones. Cats, like the, the, the domesticated animals are usually the ones that qualify as emotional support pets or animals. Well, some jabroni tried to bring this into a Phillies game and PA, your neck of the woods. Oh, it's but, dead. They'll shoot that thing, whatever it is. Can you see that? Is that a gator? Some guy literally tried to bring an alligator on a leash. Mind you, you see it's on a leash and tied up to some power line right there. He yeah. tried to bring that fool into Citizens Bank Park last week for a Major League Baseball game. Well, he what he doesn't understand, it's Philly. That that will be like five wallets by the time that, that before the game is over with. People will have that as their wallets. They will have wallets or purses made out of that gator. You bring that up there in Philly, that thing ain't going out. That's not going back home with you. Well, it didn't make it into the stadium, thankfully. 
Uh, they, I don't know how you could try to claim that a gator is an emotional support animal, but uh, some guy clearly tried and he got turned down at the uh, at the doors there in Philadelphia. So that is, I've seen some weird emotional support pets and heard stories about all kinds of shit being brought on planes and into restaurants and this and that. I don't think I've ever seen a gator. Uh, that someone has tried to bring into a baseball game. That that's the next level, right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, these people. I mean, I know people who have some. You know, they've hit their heads and run into walls and fallen down steps. But some of these people are acting like they just went face to face with eighteen wheelers. The way they're thinking, and everything just got smashed. I mean, you can't bring a freaking alligator into a not in Philly. You can't. Now you mm-hmm. may be able to get away with that at the Staples Center out in Cali. They may allow that kind of stuff. But that's not going to happen in Philadelphia. That thing, that thing is going down. They're going to beat that guy's ass and then take that gator and start and start, you know, separating the pieces right there in the stands. Oh, apparently the guy was trying to claim that it was a service animal, not an emotional support animal, but a service animal. And didn't have uh, his face locked down. Had his face and mouth still wide open, ready to go. Yeah, well, it uh, it did not work. Whatever he tried to claim and. I don't know Everything's if that good was... until it bites off the leg of a kid. Yeah, was that that, that bastard was... who got chubs? Was that him? <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. Amazing. All right, so, hey, congrats to you, Buck. Congratulations are in order to new, to your New York Yankees. You know why? Why? Let me, bring, let me bring back my little friend. Why? Because according to sources, Aaron Boone, is expected to be back as the Yankees manager. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Andy Martino, who covers the Yankees, reported yesterday that Aaron Boone is expected to return as the Yankees skipper in 20. What is Willie Randolph doing? What are these people doing? I mean, I understand about Thurman Munson. I got that. He's no longer around. But what is is Willie Randolph and, and, and Bernie Williams? I know Bernie Williams went out playing his guitar playing jazz, making jazz albums. Is he? Yes, but this guy is still available. He's running around in a wagoneer with his lovely his lovely bride, of course, and all his biracial babies. I mean, look at this. The biracial king is still available. He's left the Marlins, and he's still available to come to you, Yankees. Why aren't you taking this guy? You don't want that guy. He's, a, he's like Michael Jordan, but worse as a player. He's like a you know a great player who has no business being in a front office because he has no idea what he's doing. Like that's what Derek Jeter has been, and the Marlins. It's no coincidence that they make the playoffs now that Jeter is gone. You don't want that dude running the team, do you? By the way, if the Texans had any respect for themselves last week, they when they had JJ Watt and they were you know giving him all his flowers, they should have called on this guy right here to come and visit him. I didn't see Jeter show up at a big event last week. You know, he should have been there for J.J. He should have been at NRG Stadium yes, for J.J. Right. How does anything, that make sense? Because anything big, the captain should be there, okay? God. Look at him. Look at him. number two. There's the deuce right there. You know who could have used Derek Jeter this weekend? Who's the New that? York, the New York Giants offensive line. <laughs> Jeter and Hannah and the three kids could have been better offensive linemen than what the G-men had last night. I'm not going to put Jeter through that. I won't do that to him. That is, you, saying Jeter, you saying Jeter should have been at the Texans game on Sunday is the weirdest thing I think you've ever said in your entire oh, no. life. Oh, no, no, no. Anytime there's a big event, Jeter should show up. I mean, any big event for me, Jeter shows up. 
Like when I shoot 67 today, guess who will be on my bag? This little, this right. That's right. Do you bring him with you now? You don't just leave him at home. You bring him with you everywhere you go. He's going to be on the bag or in my bag today. Are you going to make it in Dallas this weekend, or do you need Whittle Derek Jeter by your side when you go to sleep at the hotel? Oh, maybe you know what he'll do? He'll drive the Wagoneer up from me from Covert. How's that? You got to hold him tight as you go to sleep with your little nightlight on at the hotel in Dallas. That is a biracial beauty if there ever was one. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, my God. Little Derek Jeter. I'm not going to call him Little Derek Jeter. That's a big man. That's not some little guy. Oh, you've seen it? I've seen him in person, yeah. How was the gift bag? (laughs) I I didn't go to his house. (laughs) He didn't take my phone on entry. No. Come on, man. Oh, hey, some baseball, some actual baseball that's being played today. We do have four. MLB playoff games. That's right. The wild card round of the MLB postseason gets going today. And the Texas Rangers are a part of the first of those four games. They are taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. A reminder to this relatively new MLB format. It is a best of three where all three games, if necessary, will be played at the ballpark of the higher seeded team. So the Rangers are in Tampa Bay to take on the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rangers will have to win two of three at the Trop if they want to move on to the American League Divisional Series where they will take on the Baltimore Orioles. So Tampa Bay, a really good team. Yes, they are a wild card, but they had the second-best record in the American League this season. I guess the good news is, if you're a Rangers fan, they're pretty banged up as well. Uh, It's not a 100% team. The Rays got off to that historically good start after that. I don't want to say they faltered, but they obviously came back down to earth and Baltimore was able to overtake them to win the American League East this season. The Rays' pitching is really, really good, and the Rangers will have their work cut out for them trying to uh, create some offense against Tyler Glass now this afternoon. But Rangers at Rays, Buck, any any chance? I mean, look, the Rangers, they, they choked. There's no way around it. They had a great opportunity to win the American League West. They lost three of four in Seattle. They coughed up the division to the Astros, so the Astros get to enjoy – a couple of days off in that first round by any chance you think the Rangers can pull off the upset against Tampa or do you just feel like maybe no, I'm taking the Rangers the in game one. I like the Rangers in game one. Well, that's, I mean, that'd be huge for them because the Rangers yes. are throwing Jordan Montgomery, who's been solid since uh, coming over at the trade deadline, but they're going up against Tyler glass. Now is one of the best pitchers in baseball. So if they can find a win today, then they really position themselves to uh, win this series outright. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking the Rangers. I'm going to take the Rangers. I'm going to take the Phillies. That's right. And I'm not – now, That, that who else is playing? There's one other team that's playing. No, there's four today. Yeah, so this is like – look, I, I don't feel bad for Rob Manford because Rob Manford sucks and he is a cuck. But, the, like, because your Yankees aren't in the playoffs, because the Red Sox aren't in the playoffs, because the Cubs aren't in the playoffs, the Giants, the Cardinals, like you think of some of the biggest brands and biggest markets in the sport – a lot of them had bad seasons, which for me, I don't care. I'm glad the Yankees suck. I always enjoy it when the Yankees aren't playing in October. But because like those big brands are not in this year, here are the games you get today in the wild card round. What time at noon? 11.30? Well, the first one's at 2.08. That's Rangers-Rays. Then you get Blue Jays-Twins. Then D-Bags-Brewers and Marlins-Phillies. Like the MLB office has to be like, God, we, we couldn't have gotten anything better than these teams in. 
And the Phillies, are, Phillies are the last one. That's getting close closer to prime time this evening. Yeah, that's your that's your seven oh eight game on ESPN okay. tonight. Yeah, the Phillies like that's you know that's the most well known team, and they've got the most history out of anybody in this group. But uh, yeah, no, like I mean, you get the Braves and the Dodgers in the next round. Obviously, the Astros have been baseball's best team over the last few years, so you get some bigger markets and bigger teams who will be playing in the division series, but. Yeah, and in terms of big names, like if you're a baseball fan, you don't give a damn. You're going to watch because it's playoff baseball. But right. you know, you know the Yankees and Red Sox and the Cubs bring eyeballs. Uh, you don't have a lot of those uh, major major products. Well, in, if it were those teams, we'd be seeing them at seven thirty tonight. Play that's what we'd be seeing. Yeah, or yeah. six thirty. Yep, I'm with you. So. Uh, yeah, I don't feel great about the Rangers' chances, man. But, hey, this team's been up and down all year. They surprised me by winning 90 games. It's a surprise to me that they're in the playoffs. And, uh, man, they've got enough firepower, you would think, in that offense to make some things happen against Tampa. Uh, as Jake says, you know, the, the Rangers and Rays have really, really bad bullpens right now. And if you're a Rangers fan, you know just how costly the bullpen was. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it didn't kill them in that finale against Seattle on Sunday but the real reason the Rangers did not win the American League West this year was because their bullpen just coughed up so many games hard to be confident in that when you think of the playoffs like starters usually don't go too deep into games Uh, they turn into bullpen games pretty quickly so hard to have a lot of faith in the Rangers making a deep October run with uh, the bullpen that we've seen from them all year long but who knows man Bruce Bochy three-time World Series champ as a manager uh, if anybody can get the most out of his guys at this time of the year, you would think it's him. So uh, I'd pick the Rays in this one, but uh, hey, maybe the Rangers can find a way to uh, to get the job done. Once again, 208 first pitch today. That one's on ABC Wow, uh, this afternoon. So yeah, there you go. MLB postseason gets rolling today. All right, before we get back into some football, some more love to some of our great sponsors. How about uh, Sue Patrick, Buck? Yeah, and of course, you know how much we love the people over at Sue Patrick. And they have given us some really nice polos, BK. And they've got tons of all that stuff. they got Texas-themed gear, and they've got it for kids. They've got it for uh, for women. They've got it, as I said, for, for men. And right now, the Christmas stuff is out there, which is kind of – you like that polo? I mean, there are a lot of folks asking me about that. I mean, as I said, Derek Johnson was asking about that cool polo. And you can get that at Sue Patrick. If you just go to SuePatrick.com, uh, you'll find out information on how to come across all this wonderful gear that they have at Sue Patrick. And they do such a fantastic job, uh, Sue and Jay Willem. When you're over there, do say hello to them. They're at 5222 Burnett Road. And they've got plenty of parking. And if you uh, order online, anything over $49, you get free shipping at Sue Patrick. And as I said, gifts right now for Christmas are starting to hit the racks there. And if you're getting ready for championship gear, they'll have it. They've got stuff for volleyball. If you're interested in volleyball, they've got the gear for volleyball. You name it, they've got it. They have all Longhorn gear there. And they have it in men's and women's sizes. Matter of fact, I haven't got a triple X from there. Not for me, because I'm just a kind of medium kind of guy. But they've got them up to triple Xs for dudes. And for the ladies, they've got all the sizes that you need. Do go by and say hello to Sue Patrick, of course, and Jay Williams. Go to suepatrick.com for more information. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Sue Patrick and shout out to our friends at sentextickets.com as well. If you're looking for tickets to Texas OU, look no further than sentextickets.com. Just log on and they've got them for you right there. But hey, if you're not going to the game, maybe you're going to ACL this weekend. If you need tickets to that, 
They've got them for you right there at SyntexTickets.com. Every sporting event, concert tickets, festival tickets, Broadway show tickets, they've got it all for you right there at SyntexTickets.com. Get ready for those Formula One tickets. Get ready. Oh, yeah, F1 coming up in a couple of weeks, and we might have a new sponsor on our text line. Very nice. Yeah, we can't announce it just yet, but we're working on getting a sponsor to that text line, 512-222-9328, and that might have something to do with F1. It just might. And, hey, I'm going to meet you at 7-Eleven today. That's right. We're going to share some pizza. Yeah, well, I'm a dumbass. That's the real reason why I'm meeting you at 7-Eleven today. Yeah, yes, that's uh, okay. You know, that's all right. Usually when you when you uh, you pay the guys who work for you, you, you sign the checks that you uh, mail to them. That's, yeah. I think that's what you're supposed to do. But, you know, I, I maybe I thought Bucky was actually volunteering for this job. So I was just yeah. going to. Yeah, well, the lady, at, the lady at the bank said, hey, your dude didn't sign this. I'm like, dude has to sign there. I said, I see his name on the check. She goes, see that spot over there to the right where you generally sign your name when you do checks? Yep. Since, old oh, man, you're still sending out checks instead of doing stuff, you know, by your phone. Since you sent out and you've got stamped mail that goes out all the time. I'm like, oh, no, there's no signature there. Dude. She goes, nope, your dude didn't sign it. You, you should have forged it, it man. Why didn't you forge it? Come on now. No, I don't like to play around like that, man, because it'll just be mm-hmm. that one time that somebody says, nah, you need to go to jail forging my name. no. Don't play that. Hey. Don't do that. Don't For do me, that. The good news is I get to go to 7-Eleven, right? Yeah, give me, Olipop. Give me some snacks, maybe an Olipop. Who knows? Yeah, man. But they've got it all at 7-Eleven, man. The Olipops, the Big Gulps, the Slurpees, the coffee, of course, if you're on your way to work, uh, and the snacks and the pizza, the taquitos, the hot dog. You don't need us to tell you what they have at 7-Eleven. You know because you go all the time, and you should keep going all the time because they are the best convenience store. Little Debbies, oh. the doubles, the doubles, the little Debs are there. The, the double deckers that you take in the bathroom there? Shh, my wife has left. She's not listening anymore. That is cool. I'm going to have me one of those before I hit the golf course. You know, my calcium's a little up again. You're going to you're gonna drop it. You're going to drop a double decker in the bathroom there? I'm going to drop. I mean, she's out of the house. I can do all kinds of stuff when she's not around, you know. <laughs> but I'm going to get myself a little Debbies. I can, first of all, I got to get all the stuff out of the front seat of the car that's on the on the floor there that I wasn't supposed to be eating that I have under my Austin American Statesman there. So hey, you're talking yeah. about the uh, double decker oatmeal cream pie. Right? Oh you're, man, you, yeah, you're what a big a cream pie guy. That and coffee for breakfast yeah. and a round of golf in the heat shouldn't that work out just well for my body? <laughs> so I, transient global amnesia again from that. Oh, my God. That's a mess. Shout out to 7-Eleven. Shout out to all of our great sponsors right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And, hey, the buck mentioned Olipop. We could talk Olipop right now for a second as well. Have you got the chance to uh, try a couple of the ones that I gave you, Buck? I did. I love it. I'm I'm liking the cola. Yeah. Because I was at Coca-Cola. And it's it's got that taste, but it doesn't have that junk. Absolutely. And when somebody says it's really good for you, generally I look at it like I do with water. You know, I'm the worst water drinker in the history of, you know, I feel like I'm a camel. Just a certain amount of water should do me for at least three or four months. So, but I'm, I'm out of that since I've gone transgender, uh, global amnesia. So I've had to get to the water, but the Olipop has all the good stuff in there. And I love, I love the, I love the flavors. I love grape. I love it all, man. 
Dude, the grape is fantastic, man. Yes. Oh, my God. The grape and root beer, I think, are my two favorites. But they've got cola. They've got cherry cola. They've got cream soda. They've got tropical punch. They've got a number of different flavors. There's something. There's probably a few that you are going to really, really enjoy. And like the Buck said, it's good for you. You're getting nine grams of fiber in every can of Olipop. Only two to five grams of sugar in every can. Hardly any calories. This stuff is good for you. It supports digestive health. And you can also enjoy what you are drinking. That's hard to find. I'm like the buck, man. Health food, I'm usually like, no, thank you. I'm not a rabbit. I don't eat salad. <laughs> I don't need that shit. But uh, this is actually healthy. And more importantly for me, it tastes good. So Olipop, they've got it at 7-Eleven, H-E-B, Target, Whole Foods, Costco, wherever you go, you can get you some Olipop. Love it. Little Debbie going to turn you into big buck. No, it's going to turn me into diabetic buck that's what it's going to turn me into it doesn't quite no, have the same ring to it no toes when i'm out there trying to take that swing and i got no toes I oh. better, that's what i've got to do i've got to be careful of that now and you already said you're going to get your thumb amputated so you can golf better now you're about to go no, out it's there this without... one. It's, it's the pointer look look from the oh. shot that i got last week i'm starting to i'm getting a little bit of wiggle but i i don't get the bend in it yeah so there won't be an excuse when i went in and told the doctor i was coming here to take the finger He's looking at I mean, he thought I was serious. I mean, when I went in there, that guy looked at me and he's done these little surgeries and some different things and giving shots in the palm and everything else. He said, I'm 70% that this injection will work. And he says, we have another procedure that if this one doesn't work, it's worked for him 100% of the time. So we can do it right in the office, a little quick surgery to get the loosen up that. But he said, all the old man joints are really in good shape. So Good. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. And this it's already it's moving a little bit better. It really, really mm -hmm. is. But when I told him, Doc, I was very close to coming in here and say, take the finger. I said, could you have just left a nub with that part? He said, oh, yeah, that part would have been able to move. I said, I was already have a nub and a, and a little rubber top to it. And let's go. Goodness. And he goes, he goes, you sound really serious right now. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. The Ryder Cup is coming back soon. Well, yeah, on that team. Of course, they're going to oh, need me. Man. All right, let's uh, let's get back into Texas OU. Um, look, there's there are obviously a couple of things that could happen on Saturday that will make this game close. If Texas plays the way that it has played, I think the Longhorns win, and I think they cover, and I, I don't think we're talking about a close game when it's all said and done. But one thing that does concern me, and I think it concerns every Longhorn fan, is the health of two really, really important players on this Texas team. Of course, JT Sanders left the Kansas game early with that ankle injury. He got rolled up on by Jonathan Brooks and a Kansas defensive lineman. He right. left the game early, never returned. He was in street clothes for the second <laughs> half. And then Ryan Watts. I didn't even notice when Ryan Watts left the game. I just heard, I think it was Molly McGrath doing sidelines on Saturday. And she's like, yeah, Ryan Watts is also banged up and he will not return with an injury. So here's Sark. Didn't give much of an update, but he was asked about the status of JT Sanders and Ryan Watts. And here's the head coach talking about those two guys yesterday. JT and Ryan are both day to day right now. Um, you know, it's going to take a minute for them to, to rehab and, and see if they'll be able to go. Um, I'll probably have a better answer for you on Thursday. Yeah, that's, that's, those are day to day injuries. It looks like right now. I, I didn't even notice him going either BK on Saturday, Ryan Watts, because I try not to look to his side because I don't want to see anybody streaking by that dude. I know a lot of people like the way he plays. I just get a little nervous with him at cornerback. And, uh, and especially a guy that's – if he's limped up, 
I get even more nervous, nervous about him being there in the quarterback position. Now, this is not a group that has great wide receivers at Oklahoma right now. I think Dylan Gabriel is just starting to get used to some of the wideouts that he has, you know, over the last year or so. And so there's nobody, I believe, that's spectacular on that team. But they've got a few tall guys that are pretty consistent catchers. You know, they don't yeah. drop a lot of balls. So I, I worry more so about guys that have speed more so than guys that are the tall type of players. Yeah, look, I, I think Ryan Watts is the best corner on this Texas team. Is he perfect? No, but I think he's really, really solid. And, you know, Texas does have some good depth at cornerback, but uh, Ryan Watts is the best of the bunch. He's good so. with his hands. He's good when he gets yeah. his hands on him. Yeah, so not not having him out there on Saturday would be a big loss for Texas. I mean, once again, the asterisk you have to put by all of the ridiculously good Oklahoma numbers is, well, they haven't played anybody, but – their numbers are ridiculously good, especially yeah. through the air. Like they haven't been able to run the ball consistently well. So that gives me some confidence with how good the Texas run defense has been. But man, Dylan Gabriel is putting up ridiculous numbers and the Oklahoma passing attack is one of the best and most efficient in the country right now. So you would like to have all hands on deck in your secondary to, uh, to make sure that you're good to go. And you know, the Texas safeties, if there is a weakness on this defense, the safeties aren't always great in coverage. So you want to make sure your corners are there covering guys the best that they can so you don't leave your safeties out on an island covering some of Oklahoma's best receivers one-on-one. So, yeah, Ryan Watts, if he can't play, that's, that's a big loss for Texas, man. He does a lot for that defense. And, um, you know, Oklahoma, you, you said, like, I'm looking at their receivers, man, and I think most people have never heard of these guys. Right. Like, it, it's a lot of new faces, right? There's no, you know, C.D. No Lamb Mims. There. There's no Mims. There's Denzel no Mims, Hollywood Brown, uh, Sterling Shepard. You just think of some of the big names, like guys who were first or second round picks in the NFL, and maybe, you know, a Jaleel Farouk turns into that, and maybe an Andrell Anthony turns into that. Same thing with Nick Anderson, but, like, these are dudes that, if you haven't watched Oklahoma this year, you probably have no idea who they are. But they're all putting up good numbers. Nick Anderson is a deep threat. He's averaging 28 yards a catch right now. I think Jaleel Farouk might He's be the best. He's got consistent hands. He's the best, I think, of them all. He's really got great hands. Yeah, Anthony's got the best numbers right now, but I like Farouk's game a lot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, once again, they've got some good receivers. Dylan Gabriel's been picking defenses apart, so – like, I, I don't know, man. I don't want to sit here and say Ryan Watts would be a bigger absence than Jatavion Sanders because, you know, JT is one of the best tight ends in the country, and we know how much of a matchup nightmare he is for other defenses. But, man, Ryan Watts, like, if, if that guy can't play, that's uh, advantage Oklahoma, man. I, I don't feel as great about Texas's defense being able to look the way that it's looked through these five games if they don't have number six out there. Yeah, I, I think you feel better. That if, I mean, if JT Sanders is not playing, you've got enough wide receivers and you know, you've got number five now who's getting into that slot area, into that tight end area and making those AD Mitchell's making catches everywhere. He's catching it. Like, is it, he's a tight end catches the ball in traffic. He'll go across the middle. You know, you don't worry about him dropping the balls because he's going to take a hit. He'll go get the ball. So you can yeah. make up, you can make up for that. Maybe not make up when it comes to the blocking game, but I think you have good enough tight ends that you're going to be okay in the run game. But you're right. Probably Ryan Watts. You just don't. You can't. You can't lose that guy at corner. You can't lose a big corner like them who can redirect some of those guys. Yeah. And look, you've got Terrence Brooks. You've got Malik Muhammad, Manny Muhammad, who's been really, really good as a true freshman. Obviously, Gavin Holmes, the transfer coming in from Wake Forest, sure. has made some things happen. Like Texas has some depth once again at corner. So it's not like you lose Ryan Watts and you just have nobody you feel good about to throw out there to replace him. But yeah, Ryan Watts, the Ohio a State lot of transfer. Experience. 
Yeah, exactly. A lot of experience, played in a lot of big games, played in this game last year. Uh, you want experience in games like this. For you sure. want veteran leadership in games like this. That's Ryan Watts. So hopefully he can uh, be out there and play for Texas on Saturday. And then, yeah, JT Sanders. I mean, we can get to him in a little bit. Yeah, look, that's that's been really cool about what Quinn Ewers has done over the last two weeks. Maybe my favorite part of what Texas has done offensively over the last couple of weeks. And it's easy to say Jonathan Brooks, and he's been great. I honestly thought Jonathan Brooks was going to be this good all offseason long. Like, I, I I was super excited about him. So it's not shocking to me that he's been able right. to impress the way that he has, and he's been able to put up the numbers that he has. But the fact that, you know, two weeks ago, Xavier Worthy only had like three catches against Baylor, and the Texas passing game looked as good as it did. And then the fact that JT Sanders, like, missed most of the game on Saturday, and the Texas passing game looked as good as it did against Kansas. Like, that, there are so many different ways – this offense can beat you. And obviously the passing game, there's so many different options that Quinn Ewers has. Also, he can run it himself as we've learned over the last few games. Like, you know, that Texas has enough horses on on the outside to be okay. If JT Sanders isn't there, but right. it, it, it goes without saying that you'd like to have zero on the field because I like to have him in the run has- game. Yeah. I yeah. Need, him in, need him in the run game. I mean, like I said, when he's, when you, when you've done some good things for him early in the game, he is fantastic in run blocking throughout the football game. And, you know, they just have enough receivers right now. And Jordan Whittington hadn't even had one of those games yet, you know, where he gets in in, in the slot area where the line, where the tight ends will be and, and make some of those catches. You haven't even had – he hadn't, hadn't had his game yet. Is he, you know? he going to – do you have faith that he's going to have one of those games? I do. I mean, for me, one of those games for him is six or seven catches. I mean, he hadn't got to one of those games where he's had seven, seven catches, has he? Not no. so far this season. This is this may be the game where he'll take the place of the tight end and they'll start they'll start looking for him a little bit more inside because I know what the other guys are going to do. I just I, I know Worthy's going to make a big play here. He's going to get over the top of, of Oklahoma's defense somehow, some way. It'll happen against them or use him in reverse or use him in reverse pass. You know because don't forget the trickeration this week. You know that's coming out from somebody. That's either coming out from Sark or it's coming out on the other side. Somebody's going to have you know, one or two trick plays in this football game. You know, what would, you, be, you know what would be a nice trick play? Something that could break tendency for this Texas offense? I mean, like a long bomb over the top where they catch it? I'd be fine with that, but something even rarer than that because we've seen a couple of long bomb touchdowns from Texas this year, haven't we? Not from really Xavier Worthy. Not where he gets behind the defense where the ball is actually hits him in the hands and they go in oh. to score. We I mean, saw got, that against Alabama. Well, I mean, we haven't seen we haven't seen a Jordan Whittington touchdown, Buck. That's the wrinkle that I'm talking about. He had one touchdown last year. He is zero this year. He only has 12 catches. Like, I, I sure hope this doesn't sound like I'm dunking on the kid, but I don't have a lot of faith in Jordan Whittington having big games anymore. Like I I, I was with you. I was saying that for the first few games of the right. season. Like, hey, at some point we know he's good enough to where he's gonna have a maybe not a 10 catch game, but like, yeah, five, six, seven sure. catch game where he goes for 80, 90 yards and a touchdown. Like, I, I, he's got 12 catches through five games this season. I don't have a lot of faith in Jordan Whittington. I don't know if it's Sark. I don't know if it's Quinn. I don't know if it's Jay Witt. It could be a combination of all of those guys. Well, like, it's more so than anything. It's the quarterback has found a guy that he just really, really trusts in. Yeah. That when he's not, when he's not correct, that A.D. Mitchell will make plays for him. He feels comfortable throwing the ball to A.D. Mitchell. He's not. Jordan Whittington is that kind of afterthought guy right now. Like I said, you only have one ball, but right. and, and and sometimes somebody has a seven game 
you know, a seven catch game, somebody's going to have a two catch game. For Witt, I, I just think it's this is this is a guy who's played in this game a couple times now. That six or seven catches would be just fantastic, and he seems to get open in this game. He's had some nice games against Oklahoma, I believe. Sure. Yeah, you know? I just I, I kind of thought Whittington was going to be one of those security blankets, right? Like, and it just it hasn't happened. Now the good news is Texas is five and zero. Oh, like they they've been fine, and Quinn Ewers, you know, is is in the mix. Ad Mitchell guess. is his guy now. He's that's his security blanket. I, I still think Xavier Worthy is is the guy, and then I think JT Sanders is guy number two. But Mitchell was awesome, and he was the leading receiver last week. So yeah, it's great. Like Texas has three really really good options with Worthy, Sanders, and Mitchell. Uh, yes. It's not like, you know, Whittington's not getting the ball and the passing game sucks. That would be a huge issue. Then people would be like, why is Whittington not getting the ball more? It's just the way this offense has evolved this year. I don't feel like it makes a lot of sense to predict Jordan Whittington to have good games anymore because it, it it just it's not what the offense does. And I heard Chip and Zay talking about this yesterday. Like, I don't want to demote Jordan Whittington, but uh, should Jontae Cook be getting some of those snaps that Whittington's getting? I don't know if it's that he's not truly getting open. I don't know. I, I don't know if, if the quarterback's getting to his first choice and his first choice has now been open. You know, I don't know when he becomes that first, the first choice on the pass or, or, or what's going on. He doesn't look like he's the first choice on any of the routes. He looks like he's their number two guy or number three guy that they go to. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think he's still a threat. I think you have to have him out there. I think you have to have his experience because he does more than just catch the ball. He's the best, you know, blocker out there, all the receivers. When he gets on you, he stays on you. They do a lot of little short passes where they need him to get out there and be a blocker. So, I, I mean, he's got, a, he's got a role. It's just that our expectations are when he's going to have that game where he catches eight balls for 100 yards. I mean, it just, it hasn't, it just hasn't – and they're running the ball more. I'm not, I'm not saying they're running the, more, the ball more now. It's going to get so they run the ball a little bit more as the season goes on too. Yeah. And you're right. He may get less touches as time goes on. I mean, Jordan Winnington last year had 50 catches for 652 yards. He did only yeah. have one touchdown, but, you know, 50 catches. He's yes. got 12, and we're almost at the midway point of the season. Like, he's on right. pace for in the 20s right now. So, once again, Texas is way better. And I, I'm sure he's, he, you know, he's, he's a great leader. And the way everybody talks about him is he's a team first guy through and through. So, I'm sure he'd rather be 5-0 and and not getting the ball a ton versus – being last yeah. year's eight and four team, eight and five team, and having better individual numbers. Like, I'm sure Jay Witt is fine with that, but it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those well, it's weird It's not things. like having Waddle and being at, at Alabama where guys are going to have 60 catches, the other guy's going to have 45, one guy's going to have 80. It's just not, it's, it doesn't work that way for every team. Where, I mean, when the ball gets spread around, you start to have favorites. You start to look at other guys more often because those guys get open too. And now you're used to them getting open and you're used to them catching the ball. Only, like I said, only one ball. You can't throw three at a time where he's open, he's open, and he's open, and you throw them all at a time, and they all catch. For it's sure. Just, he's just not getting – the love isn't coming to him right now. It doesn't mean he's not open, but it means the other guys are getting open because they're catching the ball too. Yeah. All right, Buck. I'm going to – I'm going to leave and come back because okay. I don't like I don't like that I can't hear the audio super well on my computer right now. Okay. People are texting saying that it's not coming through on the text. So while I leave for 20 seconds, will you tell sure. the folks a little bit about Woods Comfort Systems? Yes, folks. They've been around for over 60 years, and they're doing – not only do they do air conditioning, they also do plumbing too. And I've had this system in my house, in my brand-new house, for over three years. And all they do is come out. I have a contract that they come out twice a year and check out whether it's the wintertime or summertime, make sure that I have everything 
in lined up for the seasons, and they'll get out to you too. And if you called up um, Dave over there at Woods Comfort Center, believe me, he's going to get to you. He's going to make sure that your house is your all your systems are winterized, ready to go for the upcoming winter season. And if you're still having problems with that air conditioning, believe me, it's still warm enough that if you have to have it fixed and people are telling you they can't get to you for four weeks or three weeks, call Woods Comfort Systems. They'll get to you right away. They've been doing business for 60 years, and nobody does it better than Woods Comfort Center. I can't be happier with the group that I've been with. And they haven't had to come out to my house very many times, but they do come out because we have the contract to, to come out, winterize the house, make sure during the, during the summertime that the air conditioning is working properly, and they will get to you. They're not coming out just because you don't have a problem. It, it doesn't need to be a problem. It just needs to be that you want to make sure the systems are working properly. And at Woods Comfort Systems, they'll do just that. Love the folks at Woods Comfort System. They're a big part of the program. And thank you guys for being one of our big sponsors. We love having you as one of our sponsors too. And once again, to all those folks that have become travel sponsors, we appreciate that. And travel partners with us are great. The Austin Duck Adventures, Comanche Concrete, and of course, Hayes City Store. Thank you to the folks at Hayes City Store also. And once again, if you're if you're interested in just becoming a travel partner with us, you can do that. All you have to do is hit us on that text line at 512-222-9328. Send us a message on the text line and say, listen, I want to become one of your travel partners when you guys are going to one of these big events because we will be at the National Championship in Houston this year for sure. Not only for football, remember basketball also will be a big part of the basketball program here at the university. So be sure to hit us up if you want to be just become a travel partner. Maybe you don't want to do the monthly deal with us like many have, but you can just become that travel partner. We'd love to have you on board. And BK is doing his thing, of course. And as, uh, as we're talking about this Texas football team, and once again, the Quentin Ewers right now is having a fantastic season. You know, he had the turnover last week, and that turnover – was just just Quinn looking at his receiver and the linebacker looking at Quinn when he was throwing to him. So, unfortunately, they, we had an interception on that play. But throughout the season so far, Quinn Ewers has been fantastic throwing the ball. He's gotten better and better each and every game and setting his feet. Last week was just another example of, you know, him throwing for over 300 yards last week, and his footwork was immaculate in the game last week. And I think that continues on. In this football game, he was exceptional last year in this game. I think the same will happen in this game coming up. Our, my expectation is that this kid just keeps getting better with each and every game. And he starts to really, really hone in on, on some of these targets. Not only that, I mean, he's using his eyes and moving and moving and directing linebackers in different positions. Just last week, the one occasion where he just eyeballed the wide receiver from the beginning, from the, from the, from the initial snap, all the way through the interception, he just eyeballed the receiver that he was going to throw to. Really never looked at anybody else, just the one receiver. So expect Quinn Ewers to have another fantastic game. Once again, as long as he can keep his footwork set and do the right things with his footwork, the rest of his game is there. The arm strength and everything else. And I think the maturity is there too. And I think he's been a mature leader for this football team. And some of those runs, as I thought last week, are the, the things that are happening with him with not only his arm, but with his feet. It's helping out this team and making this team a better team all around. It surely is helping out the offense for sure. It also helps out the defense when you can keep the chains running, when everybody's turning their back to you, looking for you to pass the ball down the field, and you go ahead and pick up. You're not picking up five and ten yards. This guy's now had a 29-yard touchdown run and a 39-yard touchdown run. And 
he has been really he's surprised I think he's surprising himself with his speed but that's what it is once you start feeling that confidence and you start understanding what defenses are trying to do to you now they're not, they're not going to totally start turning their backs they'll start playing that man to man and start getting into zones where they understand that Quinn Ewers will run with the football and they're going to start stopping that because they can't keep giving up 30 yard chunk plays to a quarterback that's not supposed to be able to run like that but a guy that's really starting to burn teams right now so We'll see how that works out this week in this game. I, I love this particular football game. I've been a part of this football game. for I was a part of this game for four years at the University of Texas. There's no game like it. There really, really isn't. The only, the only thing that comes close to this is Texas versus Texas A&M. But this Red River rivalry is something very, very special. And it means an awful lot. And it means a lot more right now to Oklahoma after, especially what happened to them last year, 49 to zip. This, they will be out for blood. This is a game that everybody will be involved in. The fans will be involved in this game, the players, the coaches, but the alums will be involved. That, that was a whipping that they took last year that they're not forgetting about anytime soon. Whether you're going to the SEC with them or not, they want, they want revenge for what happened last week. And as I said, there'll be a lot of chatter going on in this game. It's a game that, as a player, you've got to be careful around the piles. They play past the echo or the whistle you'll get the snot knocked out of you if you're not prepared in this football game. So hopefully the, the horns will be practicing that way. They understand what that echo or the whistle means, and especially in a rivalry game like this. So be careful. Be ready to look out for that happening. So uh, it should be an awful lot of fun this week. And the fans uh, that are going up there will have a great time. We will be live from the fairgrounds on Saturday doing a two-hour pregame show. For, so look for us. We'll be right near Big Tech. So if you're going up – Come by and say hello. Uh, give us a shout out. We'll have our whole crew up there. So come and join us and, and enjoy this football game. Be a part of it. The number three team in the nation versus uh, the Sooners. You back, big guy? Well, uh, not really. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Okay, well, I'm on my phone. The uh, Wi-Fi in my apartment just decided to crap out, so... Oh, it's that Oak Hill area, huh? Yeah, it's wrecked them. They got me again. They got you. Well, you may have to go ahead and go down there to, to Aish, down there at 7-Eleven and plug in. I'm pretty sure their stuff is going on. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah what was, a nightmare. Yeah, BK, I was just talking about some of the history of this game and the, and the fun that it is for the players to play in this game. This is a this is a fun game. This is one of those games that if you don't let, if you don't let your passions get – overwhelm you you can have an awful lot of fun as a player and a coach in this football game it just is it's just it's i said no other game except for playing the aggies is like this football game for for players the the only thing that comes close is playing texas a&m to what goes on in this game and for coaches too coaches alike they love this game they i I love being a part of the red river rivalry i just i love being on the sideline for the game i love everything that leads up to the game. i love the week of practice for this football game because you got the best out of the players. You know, you have your best practices this week. And when you played A&M, you had your best practices. Every practice was a, a great practice. It was, it was almost like the game itself. It's almost by the time Wednesday, by the time tomorrow's over with, BK, those guys want to pack it up and get going. They want to get up to Dallas, and you can't do that. You still have work yeah. to be done. But the players themselves by Wednesday are ready to, to, to crank it up. The coaches understand that you've got – Still, you know, forty you know, you know, you know, you know, It is. It gets to be a little crazy this football game. All right. There you go. You got a little echo, but you're all right now. I see you. Are we back now? 
You are back. Okay. Sorry about that. Sorry to leave you on an island. Oh, that's okay. It's the worst telling somebody you're going to be gone for like a minute. Like, hey, watch my kid for a second. I'm just going to the bathroom and then you leave for like- Wait till I have to take my first dump when I just take off and go. I've not had to do that yet. I've been very, very good just sitting here peeing in my pants, you know? (laughs) What about that bucket? Don't you have that bucket next to you? You're going in your pants? Here it is. A little oh. paint bug. There it is. When the time comes, I can't sit on this one, so I can I can hold number two. But there will be a time where, just the old man that I didn't wear the man diaper that morning, that I'm going to have to do this. Big smile will be upon my face. Now I have been to San Francisco before, and I have seen someone drop a deuce into a cup even smaller than that. So there's no chance. Oh yeah, I know they got a lot of people without homes and cars and money and living on the street. But they don't they don't shit in a in a Dixie cup. Oh, dude. Red solo cup. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've seen it with my own eyes, man. I don't know if I want to see it, but I, I can imagine that. <laughs> I couldn't look away. Everyone else was like disgusted. And I'm like, not you. No way. That's gonna happen. He's, that's actually gonna fit. It's gonna work. Yeah. And then he just threw the cup. You know, you'd think like, oh, the point of doing it in the cup is so you'll just throw it away in the trash can so it doesn't bother anybody. But now I just threw the cup right on the side of the street. Just slammed it against the window right there against the jewelry store. <laughs> That's what he, decided didn't, to. he didn't do that now, but uh, there was a shit cup on the loose in San oh Francisco. My God. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Look, I, did, did, the, did the kids have to go to class this week? Like, I was mad as a student that I had to go to class the week of Texas OU. We're, we're not actually making the football players do any school this week, right? This, this is the biggest game of the year. They need to be focused on the game. Well, there's no game next week, so I got, a, I got a feeling Monday, when Texas beats Oklahoma on Monday, there won't be any students at class on Monday. There's no oh. game the following week. You've had a long weekend. They're going to stretch that weekend out to that Monday. So, And everybody will just, you know, and the people up there, you know, a lot of folks obviously will be coming back. Some will be coming back Sunday. If they win, they're not coming back till Monday afternoon sometime. Now, what Cardale Jones said at best, we didn't come here to play school, all right? Like, <laughs> I didn't go to UT to play school. And no. I didn't play sports. I just – I wanted to party. That's why I wanted to go there. The, the players, they don't come there to play school, all right? They're there to play football. That's what we my, need well, this weekend. As my son has told me, 34 Wine and Spirits is was packed – Monday, yesterday, for the sororities and the fraternities preparing themselves to go up. What do they do? Load up on the alcohol on a Monday? Oh, yeah. To get, when do they leave to go up there on Thursday? Is Thursday about the day when people start heading up that way, students? No, it's Friday. Still um, Friday. They get on yeah, buses. How, how it worked way back when I was a student, uh, you know, the, the fraternities – would ask dates. Uh, usually they were sorority girls, but you could just ask anybody to go. But yeah, the fraternities would all get a bunch of buses and you would roll up I-35 to Dallas on Friday. You'd stop in Waco at the fast food mile and you'd, you'd go to one of those fast food joints or check out that Fazoli's right there off the side of the highway. Mm. And uh, yeah, you'd make your way up to Dallas. But the, the thing is, like the tradition is, the dates, the girls would paint coolers and that was like their gift to the guys for the guys paying for the hotels and the buses and most of the other expenses that come along with that trip and the girls would yeah they'd paint coolers but they'd also load the coolers up with booze 
And that was sort of their gift to their dates. And look, they would all drink it all weekend long. So that's, that's what I think is, uh, is going on right now with, uh, AJ at 34 wine and spirits, but Hey, wow. good he said he's never had it like this before ever since they opened up their store. He's never had it on a Monday of a week like this. I mean, this is a, this is a big, big weekend coming up. Should I, uh, you think I could get on one of those buses? You can still do that. I don't know if, if you'd like to. I mean, there are teenagers on those buses. I know that may not stop you being almost oh, 40 years old now. but Almost 40 years old now? Yeah, Why are you yeah, putting yeah. your problems on me? Not even 30 <laughs> yeah. yet. Almost 40. Yeah. Stay away from the daughters. Leave them alone. Let them be. Let, they, let them grow up and have a good weekend. Don't you be putting yourself upon them. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're like, fine. You know, you know, older women are daughters too. That's true. There, there are mothers of children. Out mothers there. of children. You're absolutely <laughs> right. There's mothers forget, of children out there. Forget, don't forget about that one, Gundy. Yeah. Oh man, but you're right. Like this, this, this game is is just different, man. Like it, it's cliche, and coaches and players will say this before every big game. But I feel like for this one, it's true. This type of game is why you come to the University of Texas. And it's not just Texas OU. Like, that, that that game in itself is enough. These teams could both be 0-5, and, and the game would be super exciting, and it's still Absolutely. one of the best rivalries in college football. But you add the element of both of these teams are 5-0. and Both of these teams are ranked in the top 12. It's a battle for first place in the conference. Both of these teams have CFP aspirations. Like, that, all of that makes this a legitimate reason for why you come play football at the University of for Texas. Sure. Same, same thing for Oklahoma, too. Like, this is why you go to OU to play football for games like this against your biggest rival that have college football playoffs slash national championships slash conference title implications. This is it. The, these games are just different. So you said it. You got to control your emotions. Like, play with emotion, but don't get emotional. I think that's something yes. Sark has said before. Play with yes. emotion, of course. Like, you want to be jazzed up and juiced up for this game. You want to be playing with emotion, but – don't let your emotions get the best of you. Don't make emotional decisions that hurt your team on the field on Saturday. That uh, goes a long way into who wins this game every single year. Yeah, and there's always a hero in this game, and there's always some goat. So don't be the goat. Don't be on the goat end of this game, of this football game. Heroes at the University of Texas have been made here in this particular game, so you want to be a part of that. Plus, you want to be a part of history. This is an opportunity for this team to continue on to winning the final Big 12 championship. And, I mean, Oklahoma wants to be a part of that also. It's not just your team. It's their team, too. This is a this is a huge game. This is a huge national game coming up on Saturday, too. This is this is not just for here. This is all over the nation. All, a lot of eyes will be on these two teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, college game day is going to be there in Dallas. Yep. Texas Sports Unfiltered is going to be there in Dallas. There Some would go. argue that is a bigger deal than college game day being there. Uh, but yeah, even though it's an 11 a.m. kick, it's it's going to be the most watched game in college football this week. Well, hell, we're used to that now. I mean, if you're not used to it 11 a.m. Texas OU, then what what can there be? 2:30? I don't even remember the last time it was at 2:30. I know. It, it's, I mean, it's, I, it's, I had to be I had to be drinking back in that day when that was happening. That had to be a long, long time ago. Every game seems to be at 11 o'clock here. Man, I think within does. I think within the last six or seven years, there was one 2:30 kick. Maybe it's the last 10 or 15 years, but I feel yeah. like I remember one relatively recent afternoon kickoff. Oh, where uh, you just woke up at one o'clock and got to the game just in time? Yeah, Daniel and 
Dan, you, once again, you can't put anything on our comment line that isn't true. Those are the rules. So I'm That's trusting true. Daniel. It's like X. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's the internet. You know, I always say, I always recite the uh, world famous Abraham Lincoln quote. You can't put on the, uh, you can't put anything on the internet that isn't true. There you go. Thank you, Mr. Honest Lincoln. Abe said that. Thank you, and, Mr. Lincoln. Uh, yeah, they, uh, they called him Honest Abe. I believe it was um, Elon Musk who first coined Abe Lincoln, Honest Abe. I think I've got my timeline right. There you but, go. Yeah, so one time, but I mean, nine out of 10 times, and it feels like 19 out of 20 times, this is in 11 a.m. kick. So we'll see. Maybe with the move to the SEC, I don't think they'll ever put this game at night as much as I would love for it to be played at night. But maybe with the move to the SEC, they usually put their biggest games in that 2.30 window. I know they're going from CBS to ESPN next year, so maybe that changes things. But maybe we get a little bit later of a kickoff for the Cotton Bowl here in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, I'm fine with it because I like to get into Dallas and get the hell out of there as quick as possible. Yeah. I like hanging out at night down there. I want to be gone. I want to be gone, though. I always say it, man. Look, I, I think Texas OU is the best rivalry in college football, regardless. But if it really wants to solidify itself as the best rivalry in college sports, you need people to die. And you get people dying <laughs> if you play that game <laughs> at night <laughs> in East Dallas. Yeah, there is no doubt about it. You want them to die, you have that game at 730 at night in that spot. Just saying, if somebody's you gonna die, be, if you want to be the best rivalry in the oh, sport, wow. maybe in all the sports, you need casualties, man. That's how you. Or you need people bringing gators, their pet gators, in there, <laughs> their rescue uh, gators. Yeah, that was something. That was something. All right, it is ten o'clock, which means we are done for the day. Coming up next, Chaos Theory with Rodney and Wags is back. The full show is here. We'll bring the guys on. Before we part ways, Buck, Rags, punch. do you believe this is true? A real rivalry means somebody has to die. Um, <laughs> I, you know, the, the only thing that first came to mind was this ain't Channel Five. Somebody's gonna die from the Fugees. That's the first uh, <laughs> lyrics that came to mind when I heard that. Man, dude, that's yep. some harsh fighting. We're like, you know, I thought that Maryland Duke had a pretty good rivalry, what? but I mean, that's just basketball. And, that's and, just basketball. And yeah. But yeah, dude, I, I mean, you want to talk maybe like you know tennessee and florida back in the old days man or like texas a&m in texas but now yeah i talking. think this is this is the rivalry of all rivalries i don't think anybody has to die at all right now that's not how bk feels he doesn't feel that way i think this, it's the best is, already i don't know if we have to go into somebody has to perish somebody has to perish this is just, I mean, this is maybe, just maybe more limbs let's let's, more, more let's start off low Location Rodney, of the soul. cotton Maybe bowl. some limbs, right? Yeah, we, I understand location, location, location for sure. Hey, hey, Buck, Buck. By the way, man, and I'm figuring out more and more that I am I am becoming you apparently because I go to pick up groceries yesterday, and and my wife look look what look what she has me, uh, little Debbie. Oh, look at that thing! It's like a double, piece of gold. Double deckers right here. Oh, double decker little Buck, Debbie's. Oh, Debbie, a whole, a whole box, man. She, she didn't buy it for you. You bought it for yourself, right? My morning coffee, my morning oh. coffee, and 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 some little Debbie's or, or maybe a late night snack. Man, wow. I, I tell you, man, I tell you. You know what, Wags? Soon this this state will start getting into those tasty cakes, the ones from back east, the man. tasty cakes. You know what else we have? Remember moon pies, dude? I don't eat. Oh, moon I remember. Pies. No, no, man, I, I never, I never touched a damn moon pie in my life, man. But all yeah. I. 
and that's why like you would not see nothing but moon pies and you're like yeah there's moon pies available yeah no shit lady there's moon pies available for a reason <laughs> around here dude, cinnamon rolls cinnamon rolls are where people go crazy it's like man you can get that big old cinnamon roll i know they have them at 7-eleven i've seen them in there if i'm they, doing I, that i'm just going to eat a honey bun just a honey bun team that we nicknamed honey bun because that's all he ate oh, was honey man. buns man there is just nothing sweeter than eating a honey bun if you yeah, know that's why I mean. i'm gonna be missing some toes here shortly if i keep eating the stuff i'm eating oh my all god right, hey. boyos. Uh, yeah have a good. great show fellas see you boys y'all be good thank you, thank you.